The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Broadcasting live from the Toscano Cigar Soundstage in Salem, New Hampshire, USA. And broadcasting around the world, this is the Cigar Authority. Transmitting since 2010, the Cigar Authority is the longest-lasting cigar podcast ever. Grab a cigar and light them up, light them up, light them up. This is the Cigar Authority. Light them up, light them up, light them up, everybody. Saturday, October 15th, 2022. A pair that cannot be beaten, in my personal opinion. Pizza and cigars. One followed by the other, even at the same time. Today, we're talking pizzas and cigars with my guest, Eduardo Fernandez, the owner and founder of Argonosa Cigars. Plus, we're talking the highest rated cigar of all time welcome everybody to the cigar authority and you are listening to the cigar authority now in its 13th year making it the longest continually running cigar podcast awarded the ambassadors of cigars by cigar journal magazine awarded the top 10 educational podcast by podbean four years in a row the cigar authority is the most listened to cigar podcast in the world cigar radio at its finest the cigar authority is a proud member of the united podcast network and you catch the podcast on demand at any time or our daily blog at thecigarauthority.com. All right. Today, we're going to talk about tobacco, cigars, business, and pizza. So uh, on the Cigar Authority's 12th anniversary, we did a little pizza contest where we put five local pizza places, unbeknownst to themselves, against each other. And everybody got five slices of different pizza, five different ones. And then they they rate they judged which one was the best we also did it for our staff one day at our annual uh, once a year meeting we have with them and the same pizza won each time so we picked that pizza today um and as it turned out mr jonathan used to work there yeah you made pizza there stashy's pizzeria i did Hmm. so you know the trick that's happening there by the way i won't say it's the greatest pizza of all but locally they it's good they age the dough Okay. So they make the dough today to be used three, four days from now. Wow. Okay. So freshness isn't the greatest thing no, when it comes the, to dough. You, with, when it comes to dough, you want the um, the gluten to kind of get worked by the yeast that's in there, and you want that dough ball to well, expand. Well, I do. You don't. I'm not eating it, but right. I'm just telling you the science behind it. Well, today we're going to try three different pizzas ourselves, and our studio audience is welcome to jump in because they we're going to- They can gonna, have mine. Yeah. Because what we're going to order right now, we're going to order the traditional large cheese pizza, which is what has won it. That's got to be the baseline. That That's the taste mm-hmm. of, of what it is. And then we're going to go with the meat lovers, which is a fan favorite around here. See, I would think Jonathan would get in because, you know, he loves the meat. Yeah. Uh, the, the meat lovers consist of pepperoni, sausages, meatball, and bacon. Interested? Eh, except for the meatball. Really? He doesn't eat poor people. Oh, food. poor people, yeah. meatball, whatever. Um, if it was in ground beef, sure, that's fine. Okay, so it's ground beef then. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, we, and they have something called the buffalo pizza over there, and there's actually no buffalo in it at all. It is chicken fingers, and um, which well, doesn't that qualify? Because I've seen them make this pizza, and the chicken fingers are deep fried. 
Therefore, they are fried chicken. This is a fried chicken pizza. Well, then buffalo sauce yeah. is put on it. I, I don't know if the buffalo sauce is there instead of the tomato sauce. Yeah. Buffalo sauce is comprised of typically a fermented hot sauce and butter. Is it made in Buffalo? If not, might have a little lawsuit there based on last Well, I want to know island. if there's no tomato sauce and that's the sauce on the pizza. I believe there is no tomato sauce on that. Really? I believe that the Buffalo sauce is the sauce. So we're going to see. So we have the uh, $15.49 for the cheese pizza, the $23.49 for the meat. And they're not giving it away anymore, no, huh? No, and $19.49 for the Buffalo. Um, it is being ordered as we speak because Trevor's listening downstairs yeah, as we're live it. and he's dialing in right now so the clock has started and uh we we test them how long it takes them to get they're usually pretty quick and the thing about them we should have ordered on tuesday because you order two large pizzas on tuesday you automatically get a free small so you can get the two but then you uh, just get cheese pizza but you no no no. you get the two weird ones yeah that you ordered okay and then they give you the free cheese and it's all set i want fresh pizza yeah i don't want reheated pizza First of all, reheated pizza is better in every way. No, it's better than cold the next morning, but not five days later. I'll eat it either way. Because there's <laughs> no such thing as bad pizza. There's really good pizza, and then there's good pizza. Well, and it's fine right out of the fridge, the leftover pizza. That's Agreed. fine. Cold pizza. I, 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 if I was going to eat it, uh, it's got to be reheated because you get the extra crisp on the crust. But you're not going to eat it. No, not now, but I've eaten pizza before. All right, let's get to the cigar. And Barry, what do we, I got a light up here. What are we, what are we smoking? All right, so uh, we've been doing the VS poll, and people have been asking the difference between Corojo 99 and Corojo. Today's first cigar is Aganorsa Leaf Validation Series Corojo, and it's made in Nicaragua by Aganorsa Leaf. The size is a 5x54 Grand Robusto, and the wrapper is Aganorsa Corojo 99. There we go. That's the answer. The binder is uh, Aganorsa from Nicaragua, as are the fillers, which also has Corojo 99 in it. It is part of the Cigar Authority care package, and the single set you back $9.19, while a box of 15 is $121.99, which comes out to just $7.99 per cigar. That's a savings of almost $16 or 12% off the box price on TwoGuysCigars.com. So if you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, go to TwoGuysCigars.com. That's the number two, GuysCigars.com. Half the price of a large cheese. i got to bang out a, <laughs> uh, a quick shout-out. Coming all the way from Tucson, Arizona, we have Sean and Mary here. Yes. On vacation, doing a little leaf peeping. Okay. So they're going to see some northern New Hampshire, and they're going to see some Vermont. And, of course, Sean had to come and see Very us. good. Honored. Something wrong with him, clearly. <laughs> Honored. This to, one, he wanted this to be his stop on a vacation. It's time to cut our cigars. This is official cutting brought to you by Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand. While all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut off the federal estrip tax and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. He's in my good graces, though, because he did the cut he along with us. So he's is. Is okay. He's part of the family. Probably no bodies in his freezer. Cold drawer tastes like an almond cookie. Hmm. Ah, little soft center. Yes. Hmm. There we go. All right, let's light this up here. We're gonna light our cigar with the Gator by Vertigo, uh, featuring one single action having to happen for the single jet that is fueled by the patented Vertigo big ass tank 
to come alive. At the bottom, you have a push-out locking bullet cutter and easy adjustment along with a fuel window, all for the low price of $19.99. That is the Gator by Vertigo. And nothing to do with the scalp pulpit, folks. It's Gator the, on the end. It's the exact opposite. This is a high-quality Oh, cigar that doesn't copy utensil. doesn't copy anything no anything <laughs> no and it does it takes the cellophane off before the show starts there we go and you know what's good about it for my arthritic hands it really it's er- ergonomically, ergonomically it's good for my arthritis it's good what about okay. your diabetes they, they both smoke she smokes too so she's part of the gang wow she's yeah. just not as big a fan well i can understand <laughs> i do <laughs> Um, all right, so um, I got a call. Um, you know, it, a Tuesday morning it was. Yeah, because we were just about to interview Lissette. Yes, from uh, EP Carrillo. And you said, "This is a Miami number. What should I?" I said, yes, I said, "Well, answer it. It's probably cigar related." Right, and it was Eduardo Fernandez, <laughs> the owner of Casa Fernandez, calling me on my cell phone in the morning. And he said, I told, mentioned to you I was going to sail to New Hampshire, and um, I'm about to pull in. Do you, uh, can I come up and have a cigar with you? I said, of course. Can I pick you up? Where are you going to land? He said, Portsmouth. I said, well, that's probably maybe an hour away. Let me come get you. No, no, no. I'll get a car. Uh, I'll see you when I see you. Ed Sullivan's here. He wants to stay. Yeah. And we ended up staying very late. Yep, we did. Uh, but um, as we were talking in the office, I said, do you mind if I walk over to the stage and we put the headphones on and we do record this? Because what I was hearing was gold. Oh, yeah. And I really want to uh, capture this um, opportunity. No is okay if you don't want to do it. He goes, no, what's the difference? Okay, I'll do it. And he hasn't been into interviewed a lot, but this is a smart guy who has a lot to say. And uh, let, let's get to it, Ed. Let, let's go right into the interview, um, which is going to be two parts. We're going to uh, get halfway in, and then we're going to commercial, and we're going to come back after that and hear the other half. So let's do that. All right, so we're not getting audio right now from the video portion of it, so uh, there's a little play-by-play. Which play. Is, is peculiar. Yeah. Also, but, at the same time, I'll tell you, we're not on Facebook today because that wouldn't even happen, too. So today's one of those days um, that things aren't going right or whatever. But um, yeah. in the meantime, we are smoking the Aganosa Leaf Corojo, uh, which came out this year. This is the validation. Is that correct? Uh, Okay, but, but yes, yes, it is the validation series. Um, and um, I was telling him, uh, I, I believe this is what we uh, I was smoking uh, during the interview with him, uh, how much I like this cigar. Um, and people, as you said, uh, Barry, some people were asking why, what is the difference between Corojo and Corojo 99? Aganosa Leaf made Corojo 99. This is their tobacco, period. That's it. Yeah, and... and- for those smoking it, if you haven't compared it to the Aladino, you should probably pick up at least one of each or a few of each, and you could see there is a significant difference. And you're going to hear from Eduardo where he mentions in there that 
there's tobacco and there's agonosa tobacco. And he said, I want to be like Coca-Cola where you say, I don't want a soft drink, I want a Coke. Really what the only agonosa tobacco is going to be different than other tobaccos. And it is different. Yeah. And it is probably the only tobacco that I know of that has that level of branding on it. Well, where somebody uh, somebody proudly will say this has Agonorsa tobacco in it, and they don't necessarily say, "Oh, it's Corojo ninety nine or Criollo ninety eight, the two that they grow." Yeah. All right. Where are we, Ed Sullivan? No. Let, let's try it again. I can't look at the audio properties until I restart it. So we so, may have a, a tiny silence, and then hopefully we got the all audio. Right, please stand by. He's looking at the audio properties. Yep, for whatever reason. What's a leaf? Here we go. Uh, cigars and the tobacco farms. We're going to get to know a little about uh, his voyage on here that's been uh, in the tobacco industry now over 20 years, right? Exactly, 22. 22. 23, 23. 23. It's going on. It just keeps going. Keeps oh. getting added to it. So, uh, But you didn't start out in the cigar industry. Uh, you've been in uh, business um, your whole life, it looks to me, uh, started off at the Wharton School of Business right. at, and went for as an investment banker. Yes, I went to New York City. Back then, uh, you were basically hired out of Wharton by interviews, and uh, I went to work in Wall Street thinking I wanted to be a, really an international banker, which is what I became. You became that. Yeah, so that was my, my first uh, business, per se. I worked uh, 18 years in banking. Wow. A bit too much for, yeah. what, for what I later did. Which is what it gets interesting because um, the next information that I got, you got into fast food. Yes. Um, I'm Cuban born. Yes. And in my family and um, my raising, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always wanted to have my own business. Okay. From early on, from 16, 17 years old. So uh, back then in the U.S., at 16, you started working, you know, part-time, uh, vacations, whatever. Sure. Uh, usually in the restaurant business yeah. as a busboy, waiter, whatever. I, I, I was raised from the – I came to the United States at the age of 10 as a young fellow, no? Thinking it was a, a small vacation. Ah. Uh, <laughs> sort of extended. It's lasted 60 years exactly. so far. <laughs> yeah. That was in 1960. Okay. Uh, July 13th. I still remember the day. So for some reason, family-related, et cetera. This was of, right when the, the embargo, everything happened and the yes, change in yeah, Cuba, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, I mean, we were thinking that a revolution was going to occur and we we're going to go right back and this and that, and we're still here. Right. Uh, okay, back to your original question. Yeah. I, I arrived there as a 10-year-old, learned English, uh, went to school in the United States and in Fort Lauderdale to begin with, which is a great city. Sure. I was not raised in Miami. So that permitted me, I think, per partially to learn English very well and, oh, and, and get a little bit of a different uh, outtake, uh, outlook in life. Because that's what happens there. They, they all speak Spanish because they're all from Cuba in Miami. Yeah. So some don't even end up learning a lot of English. Well, the, the later the generations do, the younger, uh, you, you pick it up. Sure. But still, your your Spanish. Uh, I almost forgot my Spanish, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I had to kind of relearn it. Wow. Uh, and even though we spoke it at home. Uh, because then I went to uh, boarding school in Connecticut, and there were no Latins there. Okay. So for, from the age of 14 to 18, I, at school, I never spoke Spanish or at wow. home because I lived in the dormitory. So that's that's the that 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 side of it, no? Yeah. So then, okay. So my entrepreneur for my entrepreneur, 
Uh, even from the age of 17, I always tried things or wanted to do things. But in life, you know, you need money. Sure. And I didn't have money. You know, we came as refugees and we started from scratch. Even though in Cuba we were wealthy, we just never thought that we'd have to leave our country and leave our things behind. I still remember I walked out with a little suitcase and $5. That's how you could leave the country. Wow. What was your family in in Cuba? What business? Um, my mother and, and her side of the family were engineers and architects. You know, we okay. had a building company. Wow. And she taught at the university uh, architecture because she came to the University of Pennsylvania, funny enough, in 1940. Oh, she was the first architect to to be graduated from the University of Pennsylvania. They didn't let women back then wow. study, you know, so much engineering, architecture, and things like that. Those were men. Yeah, uh, man's job in nineteen forty. So anyway, that's uh, so we had our own businesses and that. We never got involved in politics either. My family uh, getting involved in politics was like you know sucking off the government, you know, becoming a bureaucrat. Yeah. So from early on. I, I, you know, learned that. And my father was a lawyer. He was a corporate lawyer at his own uh, law firm. Okay. So well-to-do in, in, in there. You come here, and it's starting all over. Over well, again. But it did, the, it did wonders for me. I mean, Fidel it literally did us a favor, the young generation. No? The, yeah. The older generation had to start from scratch. You know, my mother and father were ready to retire, and they had to start and, you know, but they gave us a brilliant education and instilled in us, you know, a work ethic. How many are you? Brothers We're three brothers. Three okay, brothers, three brothers. Three brothers. I'm the youngest. Okay. So we had always this entrepreneurial streak among the three of us. But again, you know, if you don't have money. Right. Uh, Great ideas and you can't yeah, you execute. Can't, exactly. So yeah. that's the situation. So you start working and you do very well at what you work and you make good money. But between taxes, living, whatever, and the pleasures of life, you really don't save money enough to start a business. So, and then secondly, I literally didn't know how to do anything. You know, Wharton taught me basically to work for somebody, you <laughs> yes. know, to work for an international bank or work in a business, et cetera, but not to do something on your own. So I didn't, you know, if I was born and my father, let's say, was selling furniture or cigars or, right. or had a small manufacturing company, it would have been different. So I didn't have that you know, uh, information, no? Isn't that interesting that I, I never thought of that till you just mentioned that now, that uh, somebody that goes through college and everything has not learned entrepreneurship. They exactly. ended up learning to work for someone else. Yeah, be a professional. You're a highly yes. paid professional, but, you know, between taxes and this and that, and you're still an employee. Right. So I always had that in the back of my mind, no? And I always tried different things without leaving my job because my job was highly paid, et cetera. Right. Uh, and then in 1986, 87, uh, we saw this brilliant opportunity in fast food in Europe, in Spain of all places. Okay. Uh, I lived in New York 10 years, and my brother uh, partially as well, and we used to eat a lot of pizza slices. You know, back then they used to cost a quarter. I still mm -hmm. remember that. Uh, but after, you know, going out drinking or discotheque or whatever, <laughs> you stop by the pizza joint and eat a slice of pizza. Yeah. So we had it in our blood, no? So then dominoes and all that came into being. Uh, so in, in, in Spain and in Europe, it was just all very new, fast food. You know, okay. the U.S. was already old hat and growing like crazy. You know, we saw the first McDonald's, the first Burger King in Fort Lauderdale. No? So yeah. we had that trajectory, uh, you know, uh, foresight. So uh, I, I started working at night in Domino's. Wow. To pick up trade secrets. I had my wife work at Little Caesars. <laughs> How smart is this? <laughs> no, you borrow. It's not you don't steal. You borrow ideas. Sure. <laughs> See what works and what doesn't. Exactly. And then you build your own mouse cage. So we went to Spain uh, because it was just 
starting to being, no? And uh, we never looked back. From the first door, it just laid the, the golden eggs just keep, kept coming. And how big did it? We Trinity. grew to, uh, when I left, was 300 stores. 300. <laughs> and almost every one of them made a million dollars. Oh, my god! In sales, in sales. Huh? So, uh, you know, it was extremely successful because we were delivery and we also had a eat-in facility, small, like New York. You, know? you sure? Uh, three, four tables and slice business because in Spain, uh, the young kids are always out on the street. It's the only country in Europe that you see people really enjoy life. But you would think Italy is going to go for a slice of pizza, maybe not Spain so much, but you yeah, built but we, 300. You know, yeah. So I quit my job. My father thought I was crazy. He had this philosophy that, you know, you had a milk cow, you had to milk it. Uh, I said, no, Dad, that's not my future, you right. know. Uh, I was 38. I thought the train had already left because of uh, a frustration of not being able to do it. Plus, I didn't, you know. So I sold my house, sold my car, uh, and I went to the bank. I said, I'm leaving, this and that. And they said I was crazy. And I said, mm. you know, pizza. I said, well, it's just like, you know, manufacturing light bulbs or jets or right. whatever. It's a product. You sell it. You, you know. Uh, Make more. Exactly. <laughs> uh, isn't that interesting? Because, you know, in, in talking to you, there's so much I see in, in my life growing up also that my father worked in the post office mm -hmm. and it was a very secure job. You got paid all the time and it was actually when you retired as a great retirement and health the rest of your life. And this is what he wanted for me. Mm -hmm. And I tried to do what he wanted to do and take the tests and tried to get into the post office. And as luck would have it, I kept failing and not doing it. Yeah. And it brought me Thank to, God. Correct. <laughs> it brought me to the entrepreneur, but he wanted the best for me and he thought that was the best for me. And it wasn't because that would have been the end. Yeah. That that's as far as I could have went. I'll give you another anecdote. My first job when I was hired, I worked for the Central Bank, which is the Federal Reserve, Bank of New York. 33 Liver Street. And I started working there. And like I told you, my family was never government connected. So I had an ad aversion to being a bureaucrat. Yeah. Because they just clocked in and then they went to did something else. You know? they, yeah. Uh, so I didn't want that for me. And I was a young whippersnapper, 20 years old. And I was very much afraid of picking up bad habits because literally you absorb things <laughs> without <laughs> realizing and they become a part of you, I thought. You know? Yes. So these guys, you know, at 4.30, they closed the books. <laughs> they all talked about their gardening, their golf, and this and that. And I said, you know, this is not a life for me. You know, oh, yeah. I, 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 unfortunately, I have to leave because otherwise this thing, I'm going to, you know, inherit it indirectly. Yeah, look forward to the weekend and yeah. look for the, for the week vacation coming up. Yeah, and, and complaining about jobs. And they had yes. plenty of job opportunities, but they were so settled in their job yeah. and their benefits. And their Correct. pension and this and that. I said, Golden I handcuffs, right? Exactly. I didn't want that for me. So uh, I, I said, Shh, I have to leave. <laughs> so you, you did it with your brother? Yeah. You, you opened these, it was called Telepizza? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a brilliant name because a tele, you know, telephone and yeah. pizza, obviously, you know. So when people would call, we said, we're going to be like Coca-Cola, you know. What Telepizza do you want, you know? Imagine Pepsi Cola, the trouble it has everywhere. People right. ask for a Coke. Says, so I'm sorry, I don't have Coke, I have Pepsi. <laughs> right. <laughs> How many times have you run that across right. your life? So we figured that out. We, you know, did a lot of, you know, homespun things, but it was very exciting and uh, tremendous opportunity. And we rode the, you know, the, the horse. <laughs> yeah, you certainly did. And then and we sold in the stock market in the end, no? You, well, really? Yeah. You went public with the company. So there you take your, your background of you knew what to do right, right. With, with it, yeah, which I, is great. So 
Again, that's, that's very not, important. It's not wasted. It's actually right. uh, yeah. used in there, which is great. From my perspective, I, you know, pizza was not my business for life, if you know what I mean. Mm. And it's a hard business because you really have to work hard. You have to get really involved. And it's not something you sit on the board of directors. It's a business that's hands-on because you can have the best store, you can have the best pizza, you can have the best advertising, but if the captain or the the head of the store is bad. That sure. store, absolutely, it's the people uh, around, exactly, right? and, yeah, and that's always on top. And the rest, you know, we had forty little bikes, and we had the, you know, the the oven and this and that. But that's worth nothing. Does it still exist? Yeah, it, it still exists. It, it's incredible how good a name and this really. I, and then I remember the the guys uh, from Domino's and Pizza Hut would come in, and says, "We're gonna beat the hell out of you, you know, the shit out of you." Say, "Okay, try." Yeah, and we beat the shit out of them, which nice. is great. I love. You know, fighting multinational, hitting them in the right in the, in the knees, yeah, and kicking you can their move faster than they did, and yeah. uh, that, it may change it as. So, how does that get you? Um, you know, Wharton School and and banking and all that going into in, into the pizza business, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, you are one of the biggest tobacco growers in the world. Mm-hmm. How, how does that even happen? As a matter of fact, I'll even take it as far as you were a smart businessman, finance, and then you said, let me get into cigars, which I would think is you either love it, you do it because you love it, but to, it's probably a bad business because it, it eats away your inventory, eats away any profit for years and years and yep. years. It's a hard business, very yeah. hard. I didn't know it would be so hard. Ah, so, so, so <laughs> ignorance is part of it. That yeah, yeah. Is what step forward? Did you, did you love it? Did you know enough about it to no, love it? I'll tell you. Uh, you know, being, you know, frank. Yes. There's no reason to to tell fibs or little yeah. stories or tall tales, uh, histories. I, I I was living in London, uh, in Knightsbridge, best area in London. My kids went to the best school, this and that. But I was bored. I was 48 years old when I sold. I had, you know, a lot of money. Uh, but I, I'm a workaholic. I needed to get my hands around something and yeah. be occupied. I just read the Financial Times, the Wall Street Journal. <laughs> I walked around, uh, you know, England and this and that and did my little traveling. But it wasn't enough. So I always work at long range or think long range. So, so I said, Eduardo, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? So I remembered going back to my childhood. We had farms in Cuba, and as a young guy, 12, 13 years old, we did gardening. We cut lawn, you know, with our lawnmower, with our yeah. edger. We'd go around the neighborhood and, you know, cut the lawn for two bucks or whatever. Uh, so I was always close to the land and in and, and Cuba with the peasants. So I always had that, uh, the people that worked in the fields and, and agriculture. So lo and behold, I said, you know, this is my calling. I want to get into agriculture. Wow. And I didn't know the first thing about it. I didn't go to school about it. I didn't read books about it, et cetera. But I'm like that. No, you, you learn and you get experts. So at that time, uh, I was thinking, well, I can go to Nicaragua. I can go to Costa Rica. I'd heard always great things about Costa Rica. Sure. And, you know, the image, the projects, and, yeah. you know, the development and all that. But funny enough, I like Nicaragua better. One is I'm an island person. And I noticed in Spain and Madrid, I felt sometimes a, a choking feeling of being so far away from the ocean. Wow. Uh, lo and behold, you know, I lived in Philadelphia, I lived in New York, I lived in Miami. The ocean was close to me, yeah. obviously, in Cuba early on. So that was, a, you know, a small fact that, you know, said, hey, Nicaragua. Nicaraguan people are much more friendlier. Costa Ricans, I don't mean to say anything bad. They're a little more stuffy. They're more they're mountainous people. People from the mountains are a okay. little more standoffish, you know. And 
they had just had a revolution. And when you don't inherit land and you have to buy it, it's very expensive. Mm. So there it was still very reasonable because of what had happened just recently, the confiscated lands and all that. They were you know, coming back and the country was totally destroyed economically. Yes. And it takes a long time. I learned it's easy to destroy, very hard to build right. a country you know, or a business you know, once it's been destroyed. So I, I fell in love with Nicaragua. I said, I'm going to go to Nicaragua. So I, I had a friend that uh, had lived there as a young guy and had a lot of connections. In these small countries, it's very important to have connections because they, they get you into high places or talk to people that are important. So I did a little survey like, you know, most businessmen do and what type of agriculture would make sense here. And lo and behold, I found out tobacco and Esteli, they took me there. I talked to, and I always say the story to Nestor Placencia, you know, yeah. who's the kingpin then in Esteli. He received me, he was very gracious, etc. He, he told me all the attributes about Nicaragua. It was during the boom. Uh, so I was sold on the idea. First, there are a lot of Cubans. Two, like I told you, I think before, maybe if I would have done it in Costa Rica, I would have not gotten involved in tobacco because Nicaragua has the elements to be top in its class. To me, in a business, to sell, to make something, to dedicate your life, you should strive to be top in your class. Yes. So that, you know, it, cemented the, the it. The soil, the, the yeah, water, it, it's, everything. It's unique. Yes. You know, it's, you can't grow tobacco anywhere. And you've known that because you have many tobaccos from different places. Yeah. Uh, that's unique and that's outstanding, no? And, and year in, year out. So Nicaragua had that, no? It was just beginning because it had been destroyed. So all those things come together, you know, by... And you put them together in your head, you know, and it, it made sense. So, so I started at, very at slow. At that time, in your mind, were you going to make cigars or you, you no. were focused only on I was growing just, the tobacco? Exactly. I was, wanted to get involved in agricultural projects. Yeah. Uh, so tobacco was one. I looked at cattle back then and prices were dirt cheap because, uh, you know, cattle runs in cycles, etc. cetera. Uh, so I didn't touch that. And, and uh, so I looked at tobacco and... And said, you know, this is uh, something that has tremendous potential. Were you a cigar smoker then? No, literally. Uh, no. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah, I just said, I'm going to, you know, grow the best leaf. When I was 18, I got into, you know, again, because of plants and cutting lots, et cetera, into nursery. And I thought maybe that was a business. So I remember I went to the uh, agricultural extension service outside Fort Lauderdale. It's called Davy, where the farms are, or back then. And I talked to the, you know, the officer from the state, you know, the uh, state office that helps, you know, uh, farmers. And I never forget that. I was like 18. He says, when you have success, people beat a path to your door. Mm. Never forgot that in life. And if anybody can pick up on that, it's really true. The competition, again, another point is, is not the next guy. It's yourself sure. to make the best yeah. year in, year out. Don't worry what somebody else is doing next door or whatever. You follow your vision, you follow your gut feeling, and you dedicate 100% to it. That's your competitor, yourself, yes. to make it happen. Okay? So those are you know, concepts that I had business early on that helped me in that regard. So I was not afraid. Uh, so I... It's, again, in business, I often mention you walk, 
then you crawl, mm. and then you run. <laughs> it's a process. And just like a baby, you can't skip it. Right. You can't walk if you didn't crawl. Yes. You know, I have a little uh, grandson now that's in the crawling stage, uh, and he's getting close to a year, so soon he'll stand and, and start walking. And running. Exactly. <laughs> and then later, running. Yes. So in business, it's that way, too. So I started small. So again, another concept of mine is not step on other people's toes, not steal employees from somebody else. Yeah. Make your own business, make your people, no? Uh, and Placencia told me, says, go to Cuba and get the best guys in Vuelta Bajo, you know? Sure. The older, the better, wow. which is true. I had had bad experiences in Spain helping out Cubans because they didn't have the work ethic that the earlier Cubans had yes. because they had lived already 30 years mm -hmm. under the system. No? Right. So I was very hesitant, no? But what he told me it was true, partially because tobacco requires hardworking. Yes. It's a culture of its own, and they're independent, basically. There's some government people, but they, uh, to, to grow and, and make good, you know, good tobacco in whatever phase you're in is very hard work. So they had the work ethic, which was, you know, uh, a deal for me. I sure. was because I was, you know, kind of hesitant in that regard. So I bought in these guys that were, you know, 60, 70 years mm -hmm. old, the older the better, <laughs> that only grew cover leaf. Is the cover leaf is like uh, the, the major leagues. Yeah, shade. Because yeah. that's like the major leagues. That's like, mm -hmm. you know, playing for the Yankees in New York. Yeah. If you can do that and do it in year in, year out, you're the best. Yeah. And that really helped. So I brought in, you know, a, a bunch of these guys and started. So we started growing cover leaf because at that time, when I started, I started, you know, maybe 15 acres, a little bit in Condega, a little bit in Esteli, a little bit in Jalapa. Again, because I was crawling. Um, you don't want to start big something, but, yeah. but I always do businesses in large scale because in the end, uh, it's the same energy. It's the same stress. <laughs> Obviously, it's more capital, but you have more things, you know, that you can work with. Right. Uh, and it takes the same time. So I don't like to do something small and stay small. It's like, you know, literally wasting my time right. in essence, no? So part of the creative spirit is to make it big, you know? So I started uh, that way. And in life, uh, as I mentioned to you before, talking about something else, uh, luck is a very important element. Uh, Luck is a lot, sometimes everything, but uh, obviously part of the luck you make yourself, but part just lands on your lap. Yeah. So, and know it when you see it. Exactly. Yeah. And grab it. Right. My mother always used to say, you know, one or two trains pass by and there's the opportunity. Correct. And you're lucky if you see it and even luckier if you yeah. jump on the train, yeah. you know, because uh, you don't want to say uh, Jesus, I should have done that, or right. I should have done this. I, I look at it as the, the COVID thing that just went the past couple of years. I mm -hmm. accomplished a lot during COVID. A lot of people didn't do anything during COVID, right. but I had a lot of things accomplished because I had the opportunity Doing to it, do it. it. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. we were able to do it. So You grab it. Yeah. So that happened, and uh, at that point, uh, some of the best lands were, uh, they were given to the cooperatives. Yes. Okay, and they were taken away from you know the, the rich tobacco owners before, including the president, former dictator Somoza, uh, Placencia's farms, and and others, uh, senators, etc., had these great farms back in the '60s, and they were taken over and the revolution confiscated. So when the the whole country was rearranged, they didn't take the land away from the peasants. They gave, let's say, as use an example again, Placencia, they gave them 
other lands. Okay. Okay. So this cooperatives kept, uh, you know, they're they're not stupid. They kept what they thought were the best lands, and they ran it as a cooperative. When the boom happened, apparently they misbehaved. Okay, didn't follow through on their word on their commitments. Mm, yeah. You remember the boom? I'm mean, sure <laughs> money was going in and out, and right? it's uh, hard to really. Uh, you know, go on your word sometimes for some of these people. So the uh, the Cuban tobacco uh, people, uh, there'll come a time, you know, we don't forget. Right. <laughs> we talked about that as well. Sure. So they boycotted them, and then after the boom, you know, it just fell through. And the heads of the cooperatives, you know, had fancy Hilux Toyotas, uh, to, uh, you know, Land Cruisers, et cetera. Yes. And the peasants were, you know, basically not, they, they had worked for a year and not gotten one penny. Wow. Because they couldn't sell the tobacco. And it was always, the tobacco was going to be sold, the tobacco was going to be sold. And it never got really sold. Uh, so they gave up and they went on strike. The feedback I had from these people that these guys are lazy, that they're liars, that they steal, that they're communists, you know, this and that. Yeah. Uh, in the industry, you know? Yep. Uh, I was not part of the industry, but, you know, I I heard and got the image. But these guys had banners <laughs> out on the farm said, you know, we're on a strike. Mm -hmm. And right next to me, basically, I had a five-acre plot to give you an idea how I started yeah. in Jalapa with Coverleaf. And I see these great farms coming to being. And so I knocked on the door. said, you know, what's your problem? This and that. And it says, you know, they gave me the story. I said, uh, well, I'm willing to work with you, you know? I was still in the crawling stage, yeah. but it was a unique opportunity because tobacco lands that are 20, 30, 40 years you know, in the making are unique. That's why they stay tobacco farms. Yes. And they had the infrastructure, which is very expensive. And I didn't have that. I didn't have either. I didn't have anything except you know, say money and the gumption to go forth. So we did a marriage. Okay. I hired them. I financed their, their, their crop. And... Uh, I rented their land, their um, tractors, their irrigation pipes, et cetera, sure. which I didn't have. So it was kind of, I wouldn't call it a marriage in heaven, but it made sense to both of us, okay? I got what I needed and they- We got money. They got money more yeah. than they would because yeah. I was able to use everything that they had. So that's been a 20 plus year relationship, which has wow. uh, worked very, very, very well. As I said, I started planting with them corn because it was the, the 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 winter season, which is when it rains, and uh, I was afraid, but they paid me back. Wow! So that you know said I can work with these guys. Okay, and that's how it's been. And it just goes for twenty years now. Yeah. So you know, I was able to acquire you know some of the best lands in Nicaragua and the knowledge because these people had worked you know with the Cubans and then obviously. Uh, with the Sandinistas, and they would bring in Cuban technicians from Cuba to help them out because they were, you know, brothers in socialism. So they had the knowledge, you know. They just, you know, didn't have the leadership yep. and the capital to continue, you know. And you were the guy selling the finished tobacco. Yes, and so I started growing. Yeah. And I brought in the Cubans from Cuba, from San Luis, San Juan, Buel Tabajo. Um, and I started growing. Everybody didn't know much about me in Nicaragua at the time, and they thought I was crazy. Who's this guy coming out of nowhere? No? Yeah. And starting planning because in tobacco, uh, back then maybe now a little bit less, you grow because you have a, a contract with somebody. You know, you're, you're growing tobacco for Fuentes or uh, right. ASP or yep. whatever. You're no? going to find customers. Exactly. You don't grow tobacco just to grow it and then 
sit and wait for people come by. Right. But that's what I did because that's what I, you know, I had this gumption that, you know, people will beat a path to your door. You like, like you said, mm-hmm. right? It took a few years. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it finally. aged tobacco now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the big guys came knocking and I never looked back. Wow. Romeo y Julieta Reserva Real Nicaragua, the Nicaraguan expression of America's beloved brand, Reserva Real. Reserva Real Nicaragua is a Nicaraguan puro, meticulously blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. The Reserva Real Nicaragua will take Romeo lovers and Romeo novices alike on a journey through premium Nicaraguan tobaccos. Reserva Real Nicaragua. It'll steal your heart again. Surgeon General warning, cigar smoking can cause lung cancer and heart disease. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen has chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper. Fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, Those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium Diamond Crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit diamondcrown.com. I want to talk to you today about my friend Glenn Case from Christoph Cigars. I've known him for many years. Glenn is a very nice guy, one of the nicest guys in the industry. Always friendly, always happy. So when I heard his brand Christoph was pissed off, I was surprised. Christoph Cigars have always been known as smooth and rich, and the pissed off Christoph is just that. But there's something else happening here. A natural San Andreas wrapper, the binder, Indonesian, and the filler, Nicaraguan. And like Glenn Case, the cigar starts off sweet, but then it gets pissed off. And like Bruce Banner, you don't want to piss off Glenn Case about Kristoff cigars. Or do you? Expect some spins and a nicotine kick. Strap yourself in for a ride. Pissed off Kristoff is deceivingly strong. You've been warned. Sold in 10-count boxes, four sizes including Churchill, 6x60, Robusto, and Corona Gorda. The hottest new brand is the pissed-off Kristoff. Take it for a ride. Since 1964, Padron Cigars have had the same mission. With over 50 years spent to create a perfect cigar, and more than 100 years to create a perfect legacy, the Padron family understands the significance of time. Padron delivers only the finest handmade complex cigars with the flavor of the Cuban heritage, out of which the Padron recipe was born. The Padron mission is simple, exceptional quality of their cigars and not quantity produced as a vertically integrated family-owned company. Personal attention to every detail is taken in all steps of the tobacco growing and cigar making process. Padron Cigars, they give you, the cigar smoker, the confidence that each cigar is the same. Perfect. Padron Cigars, 
handcrafted since 1964. This is Terrence Riley from Aganor Salif, and you are listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And we are back live, and we're smoking the Aganosa Leaf Validation Corojo Robusto. And uh, this is Long Sleeve Dave. When you see the interview, it's Short Sleeve Dave, just so you see the difference. Plus, these guys are sitting up here with me. Uh, we put an order in for pizza, so now you know why we put the order in for pizza, because he had that company, Telepizza, which was like a Domino's-type thing. Um, 30 minutes or less. It's 45 minutes right now since we ordered the pizza. It's still not here. So Tella Pizza would have won on that. Still not here. I thought we'd be able to eat while... You know uh, what it is? It's the meatballs. I probably had to make those. Maybe. Something was going on. Should have went with the ground beef, right? It would have been different. (laughs) Absolutely. It works because people love to hear us chew. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah. So so this is is us live. um, And we are smoking Aganosa leaf. I I would say Mm -hmm. medium-bodied. as it goes down, it's starting to build up a little more strength to it. Um, it's building into spice and pepper. I think uh, you're totally going to disagree with the strength check when we get to that. Really? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I'd say it started off with a, with a straight five. It moved up to a six, six and oh, a half. please. It's building up as it's going on. Great cigar. Um, really, really uh, yeah, very good. hot cigar for the year. Selling very, very well. So um, what do you think of the interview so far? So far, so good. Very good. He's a fascinating dude. Yes, yes. Talk about somebody willing to put his balls on the line over and over. Go big or go home. He said, if you're going to do it, you spend as much energy to do it little as you do make it big. So make it big. Don't just watch the trains go by. Get on a train. Here we go. Get on it. And uh, so let's get back to it. Let's go back to the interview with Eduardo Fernandez from Aganosa Leaf Cigars. Wow. But uh, they even thought my tobacco was going to Cuba. Cigar Aficionado even came once and did an interview because they thought that, you know. I my, heard the stories. I yeah. heard the stories. I, and I remember when you started up and that the pizza guy yeah, was, exactly. was doing this. That's and, the other, yeah. yeah. All those, you know the full story. I don't want to go into it all. A- absolutely. And then you started making finished goods, cigars. Yes, because uh, I had this great leaf and cover leaf. And especially guys from Spain, because I had connections with Europe, having been there 10 years, uh, and the Cuban connection as well. So my first customers were were Canary Spanish people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were the second largest uh, provider of Cuban leaf. They would go to Cuba and, and take a large part of the crop and, and sell it uh, overseas, no? The raw leaf. Yes. Uh, and then this other guy from Spain came and said, you know... I make my cigar at such and such a place, but uh, they promised me this, and then next year they don't have the cover leaf, they don't have this or that. You got everything. Make my cigar, please, please. <laughs> so it, it took a while. I said, okay, you know, I, I succumbed to to making cigars. It but, wasn't my original idea. Yeah, but, but how does that start up? Now you have to find somebody that can run the factory that knows how to make cigars. You didn't right. not only no, I, smoke cigars. Again, I went to Cuba. Okay. Okay. It's the source of the best tobacco in the world. And, you know, I, I grow very excellent tobacco, and, and every day it gets better. But there's no, you know, Cuba, Vuelta Bajo, there's two little regions are just, you know, incredible tobacco, uh, flavor-wise, aroma, taste, etc. If you smoke a really good Cuban cigar, well-made, it's it's special. Well, that's part of the problem, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't get that anymore. Right. <laughs> so, the. All that happening is, uh, so I brought people from Cuba at first, no? 
And that's how I got started. And then I, I met uh, an, ind uh, uh, an incredible individual that uh, was uh, with a lot of experience. His name was Pedro Martin. I don't know if you remember yes. him. Yes. He was the owner of Tropical Tobacco. Uh, absolutely. But he also used to broker tobacco. And he was in his uh, maybe late 70s, a true gentleman. Yes. And super knowledgeable from, you know, back in the days in Cuba. And then uh, when he came to the United States, he got a job immediately in one of the big tobacco manufacturers that used Cuban tobacco. So his first job was to source tobacco to replace the Cuban tobacco uh. with the embargo. So, you know, he, he just grew exponentially in terms of experience and knowledge. And he had a, you know, incredible palate. And he was a true gentleman, no? So... I took him to Jalapa, I took him to my field, and he was like, you know, open eyes. I said, no, nobody's ever done this, you know, with Cuban seed in such a big way, you know? Yeah. Uh, so he was taken aback and, you know, loved our tobacco, et cetera. Uh, so we started, you know, he started helping me. And then like a year or two later, I get a phone call out of the blue. He says, Eduardo, I'm retiring. Uh, you have to buy my business. He says, but Pedro, you know, you know, I'm not into this. I'm, <laughs> I'm just into the growing. No, no, you're the person. You have to, you have to step to that level, no? And Arsenio, it's, uh, who had come on board, had always told me, even though he was not a capitalist, uh, you have to have your trademark. You have to have your, your factory. It's just not. Arsenio Ramos. Yes. It's just not. Master blender. Exactly. And not, and super knowledgeable and, and, and key to my, uh, upbringing in the tobacco industry so it was pedro martin and him that you know forged me in legends. To a large extent right legends so again i'm not afraid to get into something new you just get good people and they open the doors and then uh, everything it, you basically have to process it yourself okay you just can't pick it up and absorb it you have to do your own thing as well. You have to create your own vision, where you want to be, what you want to do. And, uh, and processing, you would process the leaf also, not just sell yes, raw leaf. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, no, for your, sure. Your tobacco yeah. was finished product. Exactly. Yeah, as raw leaf. Yes. Okay. So um, we had all this great tobacco, and all these people said, you know, some people like, you know, cigar aficionado, other people said, you, I was, Aganorso was like the sleeping giant. Yes. You know, that was there, but it was just, you know, uh, not where it should be. So people were buying your tobacco, but also now at this point, you were going to make cigars for other people right. that, that asked you to. Exactly. So, and then uh, Tropical came about, so I started making the tobacco for Tropical. So that's how, and that's how I grew initially into the business, no? Yeah, it, it was unbelievable, actually, on the sidelines watching it. Uh, and today, um, some of the um, top cigars that you see on the market, um, let's take Elysion, for instance, right. uh, Dion Giolito, um, um, Nick Melillo uh, with Wise Man, right. um, um, Rene Lorenzo. Uh, yeah, HVC. New, new, yeah, new up-and-comer. Uh, yeah. His stuff is hot, just to name a few. you making cigars. Yeah, Biaje as well. Yes. Andre Farkas. Right. Uh, uh, Warped. Kyle yeah. Jealous. I like taking young people. Or they're all basically new. They all came on, uh, you know, obviously Nick Melillo yeah. had his whole Drew mm -hmm. Uh, you knew you knew him from. He was a buyer. Buyer he used to buy our tobacco. Right, right. So he came to me and because uh, Drew Estate was a, was a big buyer. Buyer, yes. General Cigar. Every, everybody, everybody, bought, yeah. yes. Um, and so you start making cigars for other people. When do you decide? Okay, we're going to make brands for our own company. 
Well, as I mentioned, we bought. I bought the Pe- uh, Pedro Martin. Martin. So we started making the Pedro Martin uh, brands. Tr- brands, and then we just expanded from there and, and started making uh, you know our own. No? Yes, uh, and uh, you took Paul Palmer in. Yeah, Paul is a, f- a first cousin. He's Paul. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Enough. All right. Yeah. Again, I'm so hands on, and tobacco is so complicated that I when. Pedro offered this to me. I said, you know, I can't do it, Pedro. I don't want to be in the States and here. It's just too much for me. You know, my my joy, my love, and, and my necessities here. I need a man. No, in business, you always need a person. Good people. Yeah, exactly. You can't do it all yourself. Right. So it's another key element is the person. Yes. You can have all the money in the world. You can have all the ideas. You can have the best product. But if you don't have the person, you don't get anywhere. Right. You don't take a first step. Uh, much less repeated. So uh, I I hadn't seen him for quite a while because I was in Spain and he was in Memphis and this and that. And we got together and, and he's one of these guys that's very knowledgeable on different items. No? And one of them was tobacco, lo and behold. No? Wow. So he, he knew his stuff pretty much and it kind of impressed me. No, He sure did. So uh, sure ba- does. Ba- ba- based on him uh, coming in, I, I said, Pedro, I can do it because I, I could not do it myself. I was just not... Uh, I wasn't, you know, up to that again. Wow. Um, so fast forward, things are going really good. Um, and Casa Fernandez is born. Mm-hmm. And uh, to us, I mean, we take it in. It's going really good. And a young man I knew from Casada, uh, Terrence Riley, mm-hmm. um, all of a sudden jumped ship, which which I thought was amazing because uh, it was a he was with a, his family in the Dominican Republic. And I hear news that he's going to Nicaragua and he's going to um, ramp up sales for Casa Fernandez. And the first move that he makes, which was shocking to me, was going to this man. And I didn't know you, uh, but I knew who you were. Yeah. That he says, we're going to change the name of the company and eliminate the Fernandez, Casa mm-hmm. Fernandez, out of it. And I'm like, oh, my God, Terrence, what are you doing? You, you, you're walking into somebody's house and saying, okay, we're changing the name of it and taking the owner's name off it. I don't know how well this is going to go. It does go. The brand gets changed to Aganosa Leaf, which I couldn't even pronounce. Right. I would say Aganosa Leaf, <laughs> Aganosa Leaf of there. And it takes to it. The first time I see him, I go, you got to go easy where you go. He goes, no, nope, everything is beautiful. This yeah. is going to be understood, and mm-hmm. it's going to make a lot of sense. One of the confusions as a retailer was there was Casa Fernandez. It was A.J. Fernandez. Right. So that was a confusing yeah. part of it. He's explained to me how it is, and I said, well, I'm on board. Change it or whatever you're going to end up doing, but I'm cautious for you of – I don't know this man that you're changing right, right. the company around. Him. Okay, first of all, I'm not self-centered. Yeah. Okay. I do what's best for business. Okay. Nothing is sacred to me in terms of uh, uh, holding on to something like my name. I was, I'm not egotistical in that sense. I'm low key. Yeah. Apparently, like you don't didn't know me until recently. Yes. <laughs> it's just my nature, no? Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, Everybody always questioned what's Aganorsa because we we kind of yes. mentioned it came up in the in the talk, and people just couldn't you know get their hands around it. And you can't lo- look it up. It's no, there's no such word. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's an invention of a word. No. Uh, so Terence and and my son Max uh, 
And other people thought that, you know, Aganorsa would make more sense, would bring it all together, no? And the leaf, again, since we're, if not the first, the second largest grower of leaf in Nicaragua. Yes. Uh, and the leaf is where it all starts and ends, yes. in, in essence, no? Uh, and we pay, you know, ex- top attention to the leaf. The yeah. leaf is everything. That's everything. what comes into here and, sure. and makes it happen, no? Year in, year out. So uh, we did the about change and it, it kind of clicked. I uh, came in with, you know, Terrence coming on board, yeah. so it's a new message, a new everything. And uh, it kind of made sense to people, and uh, we just never again looked back. Wow. Just we started doing the Fumas and all these things. Yes, and which is unbelievable. paid so much attention to our leaf that, uh, you know, accentuates the, the strength that we are. Which I'll tell our audience, if you ever get the opportunity and you see an Ag- Agonosa leaf event going on in, in your, your local cigar shop that you're there, this is something you want to do, which is try these little fumas of the different tobaccos. Right. Boy, does that end up changing. You're going to get a little taste of different tobaccos, and then you're going to taste the end, and then you're going to, within that finished end product, you're going to taste the ingredients that went into the final product, and then really appreciate it. And once you've gone through that process, you never untaste it. Right. That taste now is in, in your memory, and you know what these different tobaccos yeah, are. Yeah, and you can reflect, oh, I've, I've tasted that in Illusione sure. product. I've tasted that in, uh, you know, in a Viaje or a War product, etc. Correct, and then you, you say, you know what, I like this brand, and, and it turns out you make it. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> that, that's happened to us quite a bit. Because, yeah. again, we're silent, no? And obviously right. they, they have their own brand, they have their own image, etc., no? But uh, they use our tobacco, and so you mentioned your son, Max. Mm-hmm. So he's a young man getting into the business. He likes it. Yeah. Yeah. He's been with me already now seven, eight years. No? Okay. I'm 72. Ah. And uh, so I have to think of. <laughs> sure, we have to think. <laughs> the, the future, no? And tobacco takes time to, to you know, absorb it, to learn he, all the he, nuances. He's taking the role as blending? Yes, he's taken, uh, when Asenio passed, uh, Away on us, he took over that role and it's done very well. No, we, we, we have got helped. to learn from him. Did he get some yes, time with him? Yes, 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 beautiful. But he's very keen on smoking. Has an excellent palate. It's very important. Sure, I'm sure you bumped into some people that don't have palate. That's right. And, and <laughs> it's some not of in their nature. No, <laughs> you can't say it to them. But no. you Listen, realize some, some are brand owners. It's exactly. the craziest thing that they, <laughs> exactly. they have a bad palate of, of what it is. And, yeah. But some of the people you mentioned that you make cigars with, I find it fascinating that they have great palate. Palettes. Right. These people that, you know, they're making cigars with you. They have great palates. I don't think it's a mistake. No, I, no. Yeah. I tell you, I'm proud of my leaf. And I dared name it Aganorsa leaf. Okay. I gave it a trademark. Yes. Our leaf is not generic. We're not selling tobacco leaf. We're selling Aganorsa leaf. Because why? Because I found out that nobody has that leaf. Like uh, we used to make uh, for a time when I had a split in my company and I uh, went to Honduras to make my cigars uh, with Raices Cubanas, as you probably yes, heard. Yes, uh, They used to buy tobacco from me and they were excellent craftsmen, no? especially the, yeah. the, the father. Uh, so I started making the blends with, you know, the cigars with him and gave him the blends and gave him the, the, the tobacco to make it with. And at times, as often happens, you run out of something. And he'd often tell me, Eduardo, I can't find a leaf anywhere. You know, your leaf is different. That stuck to my mind, you know, because I didn't, you know, I wasn't, you know. (laughs) It's not just a seed and say, I use this seed and this guy uses that seed. It's it's the the process, process. the land, what we do. We don't cut corners. 
And my vision, okay, when you start a business and when you run a business, you have to have your vision of what you want to create and how you want to do it and go about it. It's very important. So from early on, I said, you know, what I want to do is create tobacco and cigars the way they used to be, hmm. the way you, Cuba used to do them, okay? Because they had 300 years of experience or 400 years, uh, and that's kind of being lost. Uh, so I said, you know, in Nicaragua, I, that's what I want to do with our lands and with the Cuban seed. We use Cuban seed. We use uh, Criollo and Corojo. Right. And we do blends from them. And then we can do, you know, 100, 200, you know, uh, a lot of blends with just those two leaves and the regions that we plant. Yeah. And we're, we're smoking the Aganosa leaf Corojo. Corojo, right now. yeah. Excellent. Yeah. We're, for some reason, from early on or from scratch, uh, always a great believer in Corojo. Yeah. Now it's being planted more, but we were like the only uh, people that planted it for whatever reason, no? And it's a, because I understood it was a it was a tough crop that it was susceptible to yeah that diseases. it was but yeah. then Cuba came up with uh, new seeds uh, it's called uh, Corojo uh, ninety nine and now they have two thousand twelve and others uh, that perfected you know took away the the blue mold and yeah shank exactly and yeah. yeah not totally but you yeah. know gave it great defense uh, and it's a unique leaf a biso from Jalapa. Corojo. Yeah. It, to me, it's a magic leaf. Okay? Because it just makes the cigar round, like we yeah. spoke about. Yeah. It takes out any impurities, any imperfections uh, to a large extent in a, in a tobacco that's, uh, let's say, a little bit weak for whatever reason. You put that leaf in there, it just makes it great. Yeah. It, it's it, a sweet Aromatic, man. not only just taste, but the, the aroma yeah. that it brings it, on. Uh, so fabulous. It, it's, uh, so to, we plant a lot of it. In fact, some people afraid to use it early on because they said, you're the only one that has it. And I said, I'm sorry, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, no, no, somebody else, you know, they don't plant it. Now they, they are planting it, I think, more and more, no? Yeah. Yeah. So your son's going to definitely go forward with this thing? Is yeah, yeah, he's totally just, committed. Just, he's an English major. He went to the University of California, <laughs> Berkeley. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so he's an offshoot, no? <laughs> First he had long hair and beard. Now he's shaving. He's into uh, spiritual spirituality. Oh, really? <laughs> Wait, whatever it takes. Yeah. Uh, the- but he's good also in social media, and you know ah. he, he's done all the rebranding. He's uh, you know very focused on that as well. All right. Which I'm not. I can't be in everything. So yeah, keep, well, you get a good person to do it, and if exactly. the good person is your son, even, yeah, even, even better, better. <laughs> even the best. So, what's the future hold for you and the company? Where, where does it go from here? Uh, we'll basically continue making the same thing better. Okay. Okay, and and new things that come about. You, you know, you have you messing with new tobacco for the no, future. No? no, again, uh, well, we brought in now the Cuban 2012 from Cuba, and that's brought another dimension to us. No, which is great. No, and and probably something will come along as well. No, these hybrids, I I've tasted them and I've grown some of them, but I just sell it. And now I don't even plant it anymore because it has a a dominating flavor. Well, I see. Like tests of shade-grown Maduro and, you know, different things you came out with. And I'm like, wow, isn't this interesting? Of Well, it took 20 years for us to come out with it. <laughs> wow. Because it was a rebel. You know, it was a wild horse. It sure was. It to, was to like I'm scratching my head the first time <laughs> I heard it. And I said, well, that's impossible. I mean, yeah. how does that end up happening? Yeah, I'm yeah. dying to try it. Right. And then there it was. A, yeah. Something totally different. 
diff- different tastes for sure. Yeah, very and, distinct. All grown in Jalapa. Jalapa is, is, is an incredible land. It's the most similar to Cuba. No? Yeah. And we use it a lot. Of, a lot of people don't use it as much. They use more Esteli. You know, a lot of tobacco I won't mention. Well, Jalapa is like a, a, a tough ride. I, I've exactly. taken a ride. You know, I've taken a ride many that, times, that, and I'm like, partially, no? wow. And, and and at least it's paved now. Back yes. in the early days, oh. it was it was all dirt, and it was uh, a horrible oh an experience. Yes, that, that that to me is one of the miracles of Nicaragua. When I saw that road <laughs> yeah. built, I said, wow. And they built it rather quickly. So I was they even did by surprised. hand, by hand, like everything yeah, else. Yeah, exactly. By hand. unbelievable. So Eduardo Fernandez, I I wish you continued success in your family and company. The, the cigars are sensational. The tobacco is like no other. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it's used in lots of other people's products, but if you get a chance to end up going to one of the tastings and taste this tobacco separate, you should go through it because then all of a sudden it's going to spark this memory and you're going to taste it. If I can add a little element. Sure. Uh, which in the end is very important. We produce 20,000 bales. Each bale weighs 100 pounds. So we produce a lot of tobacco. Of those 20,000 bales, we take what we think is best, okay, or very best. And that goes into our factory, into another fermentation process. And from there, uh, I'm not choosy. It can go into a Melillo, it can go to Ilusión, it could go to a Warp, it could go to Viaje, it could go to uh, uh, HVC. Uh, or it could go into Aganorsa cigar. But it's going to be something made there. Yeah, made there with very special tobacco, fermented uh, and, and grown in, in the best lands, I dare say, in Nicaragua. I agree. I agree 100%. And I'm not saying it just because you're there. <laughs> I've been there. I've seen it. And I've been there with other manufacturers to show me what real tobacco should be. Yeah. It's the and best another the little best. point is we're vertically integrated. I mean, we go from seed to ash. We even registered that trademark because in tobacco, I learned the first year, you have to control the process. You have to know what you have. You can't, uh, you know, except from some cover leaves, Connecticut or Mexican Maduro, I buy outside, obviously. Uh, but the rest, we grow ourselves. Uh, and, and you literally have to because you have to control your destiny. That's very yes. important in, in business and in tobacco even more so. Because you have to do it year in, year out, and you know what you have and what the potential it has. And I hope the young people getting into the cigar industry are listening with both ears and paying attention mm-hmm. to what they're hearing because this is gold yeah. as far as I'm concerned. And you, you had to learn the hard way. Yeah. yeah. No, the school of hard knocks is the best way to learn. Yeah. It's the, really the only way. Because uh, then you you know you you try and, and this and that and and you, and you go through the ropes. You have to do that in order to do something great. No, and another little element. I sell leaf to some people, and I even you know make blends for them. I don't mind, as long as they're able to express our leaf in a very special, unique, personal way, and they're giants in the industry. I'm flattered. Yes. I, you know, I don't say, oh, shit, I should have kept that. Or, you know, I'm, I don't think like that. I, I love people to take our leaf and do something different that's unique and special with their genius, with their creativity, uh, which will be different from ours. Right. But it'll still be great. Right. So that, to me, is, is a great pleasure. 
Well, there's all kinds of different palettes, and people like all different. As a retailer, I tell you, yeah. you know, somebody says I don't like this brand, and I do like this brand. So, right. you know, there's chocolate and vanilla and and all this, but using key ingredients, top quality ingredients to begin with, is mm-hmm. what makes a chef a great chef. Exactly. If he's using lousy ingredients to begin with, he's not a good chef. Especially in tobacco. Absolutely. Tobacco is essential. It, it, it any problem that happens is notable immediately. Right. And if something goes wrong, you can't fix it. Yeah. That's one of the hard things. Well, it's not can, like manufacturing that, you know, you can fix a part or something. You can't fix it. You taught me something earlier today, which I've never done before, dissecting a cigar. Right. And then tasting the elements of the cigar to find out what's wrong, especially when you find something wrong and then seeing what yeah. it is. This is some fun I'm going to have uh, after 37 years in the business again. <laughs> you you never stop it. learning. You have to try it. I will. I will. <laughs> the other thing I'd like to try someday is having a pizza with you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of an expert when it comes to pizza. Dave, are, are you awesome. going to make a pizza I could make him? a pizza for you. Oh, I yeah. have a pizza oven in my yard. Ah, okay. I'm big into pizza. Oh, you're Italian. I am. <laughs> but I'm not as big as you were into, into it. I do it for fun, but yeah. uh, someday we'll have you know, a pizza. Our, our, our pizza was excellent. That's what we were able yeah, to do. Yeah, of course. And our logo was the secret is in the, uh, in the, uh, dough? In the dough. Oh. That, that was our logo, All right. which was true. <laughs> was it high gluten? Well, back then, we didn't even know what gluten was. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> because that's what I learned. The dough is best if, if it's high gluten. Yeah, and the water is important, too. Of course. Of course. <laughs> All right. Uh, Eduardo Fernandez, my absolute pleasure having okay. you here. Thank you for doing it. Thanks uh, uh, for inviting right. me. First time I come. Uh, and, by the way, Enjoyable he, was, afternoon. He, he was talking earlier about his that he likes being close to the ocean, and he is the first guest I ever had that came <laughs> to New Hampshire by via ocean. the ocean. <laughs> he actually took a sailboat to come here yeah. and see us today. Yeah. So I'm sailing my, up the Northeast and uh, Maine and New Hampshire and Massachusetts. How wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Thank you so much for coming okay, on. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Back to the show. Okay, that's Eduardo Fernandez. It was great having him up there. And we are smoking his cigar, the Aganosa Leaf Corojo. This is their, their new one, you Validation Corojo. Something right? interesting that all successful people seem to share. Uh, number one takeaway on that last piece of the interview is he has no problem sharing. He's not looking to be in the spotlight. Then, you know, 72 does that too. That You're, you're at that point so of Jonathan will grow into it is that what you yes, say yes it will okay. it will you know, we said it about the first section of the interview that he's not afraid to be all the way in that's the way he prefers it yeah he's not a stranger to trying new things someone comes up with a new idea he's all in and he's always thinking outside the box and I think the biggest takeaway for me was that he surrounds himself with people that are willing to go down the rabbit hole he's not surrounded by yes men he's surrounded by people who are willing to flush out his ideas find what's wrong, correct them, and make that idea happen. And I think he's found that person in Terrence Riley. Uh, Dave, Tom Criswell says something tells me he didn't arrive in a great floating pumpkin. No, he did not. <laughs> it, 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 and it was more than a sailboat. It was, it was a four-bedroom <laughs> sailboat, four-bedroom, four-bath. You know what I took out of that interview? Yeah. If you had left to go home and make the pizza in your oven, we would have had it quicker. That's right. So we are officially one, one hour, hour 11, 11 minutes. minutes. One hour, 11 minutes for this 30 minutes or less <laughs> type of pizza that uh, <laughs> has not arrived yet. So the great news is you're going to get to hear us eat probably. <laughs> if uh, it comes. If it, if it ever comes. Um, uh, I would 
say this cigar was a five. It moved up to a six in strength. How far am I off? Uh, they said a four or a five. Yeah. All right, four. that's not it bad. Is. Moving to five. Yeah, yeah, move to six. Uh, interesting to watch Max Fernandez, uh, the blender mm-hmm. now there. Uh, I'll get to know him, and uh, hopefully someday we'll have him on the show and see what's going on with the next generation that's going on there. But uh, that being said, let's go to break. Uh, because we haven't, uh, we've been working our asses off the past. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we got a lot to get to, including Barry's highest cigar rating ever and the controversy that is attached to it. We are live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. Are you a member of the Cigar Authority Care Package? Well, if not, my friend, the time is now. For just $29.99, you get four premium cigars delivered to your door each month. And we'll smoke those cigars along with you during the show. Is that really a benefit? I think it is. We will judge the construction, flavor, strength, and review the cigars, and you'll see how right or wrong we really are. You might be surprised. Four premium cigars delivered to you for just $29.99, and you can quit any time, but you won't. The value is incredible. Want to take the Cigar Authority Care Package to the next level? Sign up or upgrade to the Cigar Authority Care Package Prime. For just $5 more, you get an extra cigar and usually something special. That's five cigars each month, all different. Find the Cigar Authority Care Package on thecigarauthority.com and sign up now. That's the Cigar Authority Care Package. Aging Room 4 Nicaragua Maestro. Named Cigar Aficionado's number one cigar of the year with a 96 rating. Is a complex Nicaraguan puro carefully blended by Rafael Nodal and made by A.J. Fernandez. As Cigar Aficionado described it, every puff is an overture of flavors that's at times heavy and rich with notes of dark chocolate and wood, and other times subtle and understated with hints of fine caramel and toasted almonds. Treat yourself to an aging Room 4 Nicaragua today. Surgeon General warning, tobacco smoke increases the risk of lung cancer and heart disease even in non-smokers. You've heard us talking before about the best cigar magazine in the world, Cigar Journal. You want to know what makes Cigar Journal the best cigar magazine? Cigar Journal covers every angle of the cigar world. From exclusive stories and features, insightful interviews with industry power players, detailed cigar reviews, and of course, all the latest news and reports surrounding premium cigars. We're telling you, you will be impressed. Cigar Journal has stunning images, explanations of cigar science basics this is the magazine for any cigar enthusiast or better yet passionado cigar journal covers cigars in the u.s and around the world and is printed right here in the usa you owe it to yourself to discover the world's best cigar magazine cigar journal available at your local cigar retailer and on the web at their new website cigarjournal.com that's cigarjournal.com Let me tell you a little bit about the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar, or what they call the Three-Peat. Crafted in Rocky's boutique Nicaraguan factory, the 15th Anniversary was released in 2010 to commemorate Rocky Patel's 15th year in the cigar industry, and it impressed right out of the gate. The Robusto and the Torpedo both scored 93 points in Cigar Aficionado, while the Toro and Corona Gorda both notched 92 points. 
The Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary is a robust cigar with notes of toasted spice, roasted coffee, and almonds. Rocky Patel himself has referred to his 15th anniversary as the Decade on Steroids. The 15th Anniversary has also been named to Cigar Aficionado's Top 25 Cigars of the Year list on three separate occasions. Rocky's only brand to accomplish the three-peat. Rocky Patel's 15th Anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th Anniversary. Rocky Patel's 15th Anniversary. Justo and his father, Julio Eiroa, are continuing the tradition of growing authentic Corojo and now bring you Aladino. Aladino is a true old-fashioned cigar, pure authentic Corojo grown in the Eiroa tobacco farms in Honduras from the original Cuban seed of Corojo. An Aladino cigar represents the golden era of cigars in Cuba, and after one light, this old-school smoke will bring you back. Aladino cigars come from JRE Tobacco, a family-centered company who manage all aspects of cigar growing and manufacturing. This crop-to-shop operation is fully committed to providing you with quality and satisfaction. The premier Corojo grower in the entire cigar industry is Julio Eiroa, a tobacco grower and master cigar blender who personally guarantees that Aladino will provide you the opportunity to enjoy the true authentic Corojo taste. Take this journey and be part of history in a cigar smoking experience like no other. Aladino. This is Nelson Afronso from Selected Tobacco, the company who made and manufactured Atabay, Byron, and Bandolero. You are listening to the Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And we are back, and uh, he did it. Barry does typos, misspelling, mispronunciation, but this time he really did it. He pissed off the whole cigar media. We'll talk about that. Welcome back to the Cigar Authority. We are live and about to light up our second cigar. Barry, what do we have here? Well, it's my superpower. So uh, Today's second cigar is the Alfonso Añejo, and it's manufactured in Costa Rica by Selected Tobacco. The size that we're lighting up is the 6x54. It's the number three. And it features Ecuadorian wrapper and binder. The fillers consist of Nicaraguan Lajero as well as Peruvian. And a single will set you back $40, while a box of 25 is $9.99.99. And if you're too far away from a brick-and-mortar retailer that carries it, try twoguyscigars.com. That's the number two, guyscigars.com. And Dave, by the way, thank you for not smoking this last week yes. when I was away. You're welcome. And this is the Alfonso Anejo meaning it, it's just not the Alfonso. It's the Alfonso Anejo, meaning there will be another Alfonso, mm. a different Alfonso, maybe about a year or so away. Mm. So we look forward to that. What can they do with this? I have no idea. But let's give it a cut and light and see what it's all about. It's time to cut our cigar, the official cutting, brought to you by our friends at Perdomo Cigars. Perdomo is the brand that while all other brands were raising prices, Perdomo cut out the federal S-chip tax, and actually lowered them. Perdomo Cigars, they stand for quality, tradition, and excellence. excellence. And you know what else? Uh, coming back, that bumper from Nelson, now he's got more products. So yes. We're, we're going to have to set aside a couple days to re-record that. Yes, yeah, a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, highly edited. Very oaky on the cold draw. And I have it. On, and, there's a, and there's a reason for that. I have it on good authority that the wine Chateau Lafitte Rothschild 
which we've sampled one time. Yes. That wine is not made with exceptional grapes. What it's matured in is an exceptional oak barrel, a virgin French oak barrel. It's a $5,000 barrel, and that's what huh. they mature the wine in. So, and that's what makes that wine very unique. It's also very expensive. $500 a bottle if you can get it. Uh, 2000 on the secondary market. Let me market. ask you a question then. If I went and got some grapes over a market basket, made some wine and aged it in those barrels, it would be great. It would be grape great. Grape wine's a different wine, mm. different grapes, but it's different grapes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not market basket no, grapes? No, All right. They're better than market basket grapes. <laughs> right. They're different. I don't know if they're better. They're not eating grapes. They're wine grapes. Anyway, let's light it up. I'm dying to light this. We're going to light our cigar today with the Gator by Vertigo featuring a single push-button action bringing to life one jet Fueled by the patented Vertigo big-ass tank. And the tank's going to appear bigger because it's only one jet. It's going to last oh, longer. I thought you were going to say, because you're smaller now. <laughs> you are smaller. <laughs> the tank appears huger. Than, never mind. The bottom has a <laughs> pop-out bullet punch, easy adjustment, and a fuel window for the low price of nineteen ninety-nine. This is the Gator by Vertigo. If you have arthritis, this is a good one. Now, before yeah. you toasted it, what you should have done was looked at the foot. I did. Because you can see the, the Peruvian swirl yeah. that's in there. Peruvian tobacco ferments on the darker side, uh, which would be an indication that there's going to be a ton of flavor and perhaps some sweetness. This is a great cigar, and I put it up there with the greatest cigar I've ever smoked in my life, which is Atabay. Mm-hmm. And this came out, and I said, oh, my God, do I have a new winner. Uh, I don't review cigars of ratings unless I have to do it for Cigar Journal and put a number to it. But Barry does put numbers to it, and this is where the problem comes in. (laughs) Barry, would you read your review? Yep. Introduced at the 2022 PCA trade show was Alfonso Inejo from Nelson Alfonso's Selected Tobacco. And the Alfonso Inejo line ages in a separate room. This was an experiment. Nelson was testing after learning the complexity of French oak and what it could offer. Some of the most famous lines in the world, wines in the world use French oak barrels, and this became an obsession to incorporate new wood into the aging rooms for Nelson. Giggity. The results after five years of post-roll age in cedar and French oak aging rooms is the Alfonso Inejo. It's available in six sizes, and it's limited in 2022 with only 5,000 cigars made in each size. I'm not going to give the breakdown of the tobacco since we just did that. Yeah. But the look, the cigar comes two ways for its initial release, with the first being a dress box with a humidor-like finish and a push-button lock. The other release is a wood box similar in the style to that of the Bandolera line, and inside the cigar sits with a luxurious-looking cigar band denoting Alfonso in gold on a pearl background. The band also has a false secondary blue band, it's connected to the main band in the back, that denotes Production Limitada and a footband with the selected tobacco motif. The Alfonso features a flawless, oily-looking Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper that is smooth to the touch with a well-packed foot. Featuring where did you get a, to write this? Featuring a swirl of Lajero tobaccos. And where did you learn the word motif if it was you? <laughs> in the hand, the cigar has an average weight with no voids of tobacco. The notes. The cold drawer features notes of cedar and a subtle raisin and molasses. Off the foot of the cigar, the molasses is ramped up with a touch of cinnamon and raisin. 
Once the cigar is toasted and lit, the initial notes are cedar and oak, which is expected, and a wonderful rich molasses that encapsulates the palate, along with a subtle pepper component. As we smoke this velvet smooth cigar, there are notes of molasses, rye, raisin, blackberry, and the aforementioned cedar and oak. It's incredibly complex and exquisite before we even reach the halfway point. In the second half, a subtle honey, brown sugar, and graham cracker develop with a rich finish. The firm ash holds on for nearly both halves of the smoke, and the retrohale has some continued notes of blackberries, raisins, and molasses. Continued notes. Mm-hmm. The Alfonso and Yeho number three remains exceptionally smooth until I put it down with about a quarter inch to go, doing my best to prolong the experience as long as I can. The finish. This is probably one of my most anticipated reviews, and I wonder how many people only looked at the score. I've caught slack for scoring high, and I've caught slack for working in retail. I score high, yes. If I was your professor, you would love me. If I was your appraiser and selling a house, you would love me. But it's cigars, and some people want to see them scored lower. Why I do not know, ask them. As far as working in retail, yes, I do. But if I say a cigar is great and it isn't, I lost trust in the consumer, and I do more harm than good. I know some of the people look to my reviews because they know my palate is in line with theirs. It's all preference. If we also saw scars the same way, the review blogosphere would be a pretty boring place. So with that said, I have joked around that I would score a cigar 102 one day, mostly to set off a small group of people who are really bent over my scoring. But this cigar is simply put, the best cigar I have ever smoked. Is it a 102? I'll leave it to you to decide. But as a man of his word, I have followed through on giving a cigar a 102. So there it is, 102 rating, because three times in his 20-year career, he has rated a cigar 100. Three times ever. What, Padron Principe Natural and two different Atabays. Hmm. And now this was better than those two. 100%. So, so where do you go? Well, you have to go more than 100. Well, don't you plan ahead and not score so in high? In 20 years? I don't think it's crazy. In 20 years, he found three cigars that he thought was the greatest. I think you got to adjust be- your rating, and this becomes the new 100. I think 102 is ridiculous. Um, well, we're going to get to that I, controversy. I'll tell you one thing. A lot of food notes in that review, which made me hungry. Mm, for pizza. <laughs> me too, for pizza. That we're an hour and 26 in right now, ordering and a pizza. Th- this was the top one. In this your- is it. This was the best of the best. That's why I have a pizza oven in my head. If I want a pizza, I'll <laughs> You could have made us a pizza and brought it back I, faster. I absolutely could have. Uh, so, a lot of controversy on the 102. We're going to get to that, but first, it's time for the poll question of the week, and that's brought to you by Victor Sinclair Cigars. And each week, you can head over to the Cigar Authority to cast your vote in the VS question of the week. And this week, we were down to the Elite Eight in the 2022 tobacco battle. Our first vote put USA Connecticut versus San Andreas. And as expected from online, San Andreas won with 75.5%. Wow. Wow. The next vote was Cameroon versus Sumatra. And Cameroon to, to uh, excuse me, Cameroon versus Brazilian Ari Paraca. Yes. And Cameroon won with 74.5% of the vote. Hmm. Wow. These are overwhelming. Yes. Yeah. Then you had Corojo versus Corojo 99. Interesting. And Corojo won with 76.5% of the Whoa. vote. Wow. And then on the last votes, we had Pennsylvania Broadleaf versus Candela. And Pennsylvania Broadleaf got the most votes. Who voted for Candela? With 86.7% of the vote. And I believe Jay Bushy voted for Candela. (laughs) Uh, But don't hold me to that. So we're down to the final four. 
It'll be San Andreas versus Cameroon and Corojo versus Pennsylvania Broadleaf. Head over to thecigarauthority.com and cast your vote for the championship round. All right. And upcoming uh, shows on the Cigar Authority. Uh, next week, we had planned to talk about the next generation cigars with Henderson Ventura, but right. as we talked about, there was a terrible fire that happened in the Dominican Republic, <laughs> and um, um, the Ventura factory burned down. I'm assuming next week graphic, I shouldn't have fire in the background. No, I would say no. Too soon? Too soon. Uh, it's painful. Uh, <coughs> lack of insurance, all kinds of ter- terrible, terrible uh, tragedy that happened. But we will smoke uh, cigars from Mad Ventura and from the, uh, from the factory of uh, William Ventura. Um, we will smoke their cigars anyway, and uh, we'll uh, talk about the next generation of cigar makers and things Anyway, uh, looking forward to October 29th, the Cohiba story, the story behind the brand Cohiba, and we'll talk all about that, and that takes us into November, and the care packages will go out shortly anyway. Yeah, you, everybody gets billed on the 27th, they'll ship the yeah. 28th or 29th. Yeah, so we'll get those out, and we have uh, a good lineup uh, coming uh, for next month, so I look forward to that. So let's get to the controversy. Hmm. Uh, did your phone light up? No. 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 I was really expecting Nobody that. called you. Nobody called me. Nobody called me out. You know, I hung out with William Cooper a few weeks ago. I told him, you know. You I, told him I, in advance? I told him I smoked the Alfonso before the show. I had a sample of it. If it's just as good as it was then, I think I'm going to pull the trigger on a 102. He's like, you should do it. Really? Yeah, he goes, it's going to set off person X, and you should do it just because it's going to set him off. <laughs> So gonna, I did it, and it didn't set off Person X, at least in my face. Well, you, you're going to get um, a lot of talk when at the end of the year and people coming up with their mm. top things, which they don't include you for whatever reason. Mm. They don't include you because you work at a cigar shop because you're a professional. Mm. You get paid to do your reviews. That makes you a pro as opposed you to people that, that don't. Yes, I, I do say that, but it's always um, – I don't know. You'd be – what you guys shouldn't do is beat up each other. It should mm-hmm. be collaboration within, within each other. And, you know, you're all doing the same thing. And Look, everybody's palate's different. Everybody's going to view a cigar differently. For me, this is the best cigar I've ever smoked. And I'm thankful, you know, I became a grandfather. I've had numerous people buy me one. Sean Rogers bought me one. Uh, my, my friend out in California, I'm sorry your name escapes me because it's a really big name. Uh, <laughs> Nicholas Viscuzzi bought me one. A lot of people bought me one of these cigars. Wow. So uh, It is a great cigar. And, you know, this is how I was when the Atabay first came out. That was 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away by it. And Esteban Zamorón was in okay. California. Uh I was blown away, and I'm like, why isn't everybody talking about this? Because it's so unbelievable, and now as as Selected Tobacco has got more in the mainstream, more people understand it, I think this one's going to really get attention really quick. Uh, This one I like, it's got more oomph than the Atabay. Yeah, a a lot more more, spiciness. Um, Certainly a lot more flavor. And look, if you're, if you're that upset with the 102, blame Biden. Inflation on reviews. Well, nobody's going to beat you. I don't think anyone's going to come out with a 103, right? Or just, just set that you thing never know. I might have a 103 somewhere in the future. <laughs> there we go. Because the number means nothing. You, you should find somebody whose palate 
is in line with yours, and you should care more about the tasting notes than the number. Well, you, and what you wrote, why I want you to read that review is you say right in the review that if you're reading this, because a lot of people just look at the numbers. The numbers, 100%. Where you, you got to hear, and Jonathan got to hear your review, and, and is amazed at some wording that you used. Motif. Because, because you probably don't read his reviews. You look at the number and you don't go any further than that. Read the review of what it is. Why am I in the fucking <laughs> I'm just hot saying. seat right now? <laughs> I haven't done I, anything. I'm sitting here quietly. You, I was impressed by the use of right. the word motif. <laughs> Maybe he's used, used that every single time. Maybe there's, there's words in there you learn a few nah, words. I'm up to the letter M on the dictionary on yeah. the toilet. So <laughs> All right. That's how I got that. All right. Let's take a peek into the asylum from our friends at Asylum Cigars. It's time for news from the insane asylum. Odd and sometimes historic news stories that are too insane to be true. Or are they? Brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Take no prisoners. Asylum Cigars are truly flavorful, medium-bodied Nicaraguan cigars, with sizes ranging from 4 inches by 44 to the absolutely insane 8 inch by 80. Asylum Cigars. And Philip White purchased a $3 bottle of Texas Pete hot sauce, which has a label featuring a cowboy and what cart documents describe as a stereotypical white Texas Lone Star, reminiscent of the Texas state flag at Ralph's Grocery in Los Angeles. As a result, the man is suing after learning the Louisiana-style hot sauce isn't made in Texas, but rather North Carolina, where it is created by a local barbecue joint called none other than Texas Pete's. The lawsuit goes on to state the language and images displayed on the front label led him to believe the product to be a Texas product, and none of the ingredients are sourced from Texas. Just wait until Mr. White finds out French fries aren't French, and Girl Scout cookies aren't made from real Girl Scouts. And that's not only insane, it's asylum. And the countdown continues. We are an hour and 33 minutes in waiting for the pizza, but it's time for the Fat Finger Countdown, and it was a good week. For the Cigar Authority's 12-year anniversary Lancero boxes, um, it is a box of Lancero 7x38, and um, there were only 300 boxes made. The cigars sell for $12 a piece or $112 a box, Well, you can double up for two boxes for $199 or three boxes for $259.99, and... In the past, since we started this countdown, we went from 97 to 94 to 93 Mm. to 92, and we took a big jump because I heard people calling people out Mm -hmm. from 92 to 81. From 92 to 81, it's 11 boxes sold this week. At this rate, they will be gone before next year's um, Cigar Authority. Cigar Authority anniversary, yeah. So... uh, that would, uh, that made me happy. All we got to do is sell two more boxes, and we'll be in the seventies, right? Yeah. Two more boxes next week, we'll be in the seventies, which is uh, hey, whatever. The seventies was a good good was, time for it was us. Fun. Yeah, it was fun for us. Do you have an email from Jay Bushy that you're going to read later? I do. All right, then I won't jump the gun. All right, uh, it's time to ask the dawn by Don Raphael Cigars. Ask the Don. Brought to you by Don Rafael Cigars. Don Rafael Cigars are premium cigars. Mellow and smooth. Built for every man's everyday enjoyment. Don Rafael Cigars. Now, 
Yet is the question of the week. This is a long one sent in by Brett through the Contact Us page, so I'm going to truncate it uh, because the answer really is... It's not this Brett that we're looking at. No. Okay. (laughs) First of all, you call him Brad. Okay. (laughs) God damn it. But you call him Brett. I do. Because that's his name. Correct. Okay. Uh, Great recent show about cigar beetles, which allowed me to reminisce about my outbreak in the late 1990s. I've been studying barrel aging and fermenting cigars and tobacco leaves. So what prevents beetle outbreaks when leaves are fermented in sealed 53-gallon oak bourbon barrels with higher fermentation temperatures and increased humidity? So this is the question that he's asking. Ah, That's interesting. I reached out to, and everybody get your drinks ready. I reached out to Nick Perdomo because he is, I know he's a busy man, but I knew he would respond. So I reached out to Nick and he said, Mr. Jonathan, all tobaccos through fermentation can get Lacioderma tobacco beetles. That's right. As the fermentation period continues, we use pheromone traps overhead to attract any of the beetle activity. Imagine over 1 million pounds of tobacco in process through the year. We actually hermetically seal each pallone periodically and use photos, uh, photosynthesis, toxin pills, okay. toxin pills in a preventative measure, which kills the larvae and any future beetles within 72 hours. The many reasons our factories are so spotless is to prevent the Lacioderma, and it's an endless fight. We then freeze all of our finished cigars in a special container built to built into the factory at 45 degrees below zero for 72 hours to guarantee the cleanliness and the destruction of the capsule that holds the larvae. And thankfully, we haven't had a beetle complaint in 27 years. The tobaccos have been in fumigation prior to being barrel-aged. By the way, the phostoxin is harmless to humans and doesn't affect the flavor. And by law, in all cigar-producing countries, it must be used to stop any spread of cigar beetles. All the best, Nick Perdomo. There we go. And you look in some of these factories, they have people, their entire job is the pizza has arrived. One hour and 38 minutes. Put it right over there. One hour and 38 minutes. What is it? They dropped it off at five guys, not two guys. Five guys, the hamburger place. Huh. That's an honest and, mistake. And it's and on the wrong. Took it. You know what? If you look at my handwriting, sometimes you could think a two is a five. So, you know, it could have been a guy with. And they yeah. took it, though. They took, I'm going over there. That's what I'm having for dinner. I'm going to yeah. go to five guys for dinner, and I'm going to order a bunch of stuff and say, just give it to me yeah. because I'm the pizza you, guy. You took my pizza. You took my pizza. Wow. What a piece of shit move. Would, would you ever do that? Never. Well, if that happened in, in the, uh, in the uh, confessional, what would, what would they get for that? Uh, Ryan Seneca goes, Mr. J wishes he was dropped off with five guys. That is rude as can be. Mm-hmm. My God. I agree. That comment was out of bounds. <laughs> All right. It's time for the confessional, and that is brought to you by All Saints Cigars. It's time for the confessional. Brought to you by All Saints Cigars, featuring the All Saints St. Francis. Voted the 2021 Cigar of the Year. All Saints Cigars. In the name of the Churchill, Toro, and Robusto. Bless me, Father, for I have sinned. And how long has it been, my son, since your last St. Francis uh, uh, confession? It's been one week since my last confession. And what is it that you have to confess today, my son? 
The year was 1985. I was ah, the year Two Guys Smoke Shop opened. Seven years old, and it was around this time of year, Halloween season. They got the Halloween candies in the aisle. You know what I was doing that day? You were working at Two Guys Smoke Shop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I begged my mother, can we please get candy corn? For whatever oh. reason, I loved candy corn as a child, and she said, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. So when I thought she wasn't looking... I opened a bag of candy corn there <laughs> in the store. And ate it. And I ate a handful and she Put it back. caught me chewing. Yeah, I left the bag there open. She caught me chewing in the next aisle and made me go back and show her which bag it was. She got the bag because now she's got to buy it and made me sit at the kitchen table. Eat it all. No. Let my brother and sister eat it in oh, front of wow. me because I already had mine. This is part of the, the of your of your <laughs> the food things. things. <laughs> yeah, this is part of how you grew up. I see. I told you, Barry. Yeah, you hundred percent right. How yeah. is it that you managed to turn everything into an no, no, eating disorder? Because, because it all it all comes around, and and there's reasons for people's activities. And part of that is how you grew up. With things happen to you. I eat candy corns every would year. Would you eat candy I, corn now? You can never. have. A, my mom's not going to yell no. at you. You're going to be all set. No, I've but eaten candy wouldn't. corn as an adult just fine. I bought it. Yeah, I think you're the only person I know that likes candy corn. I don't mm-hmm. like it now, but I've, I've had I, it. I think you need some penance. All right, so I don't even have to what? tell you early thoughts on the. Oh, uh, oh penance. He needs penance. Penance. You do need penance for the candy corn. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, I've had worse. Smoke one of each Robusto, huge Toro, Churchill, all Saint cigars this week. One of each, three cigars. Easy enough. Easy enough. Um, okay, Alfonso, Anejo, number three. Barry says 102. What say you? You I, don't have to say a number, but. I, I'm going to say it's the best cigar I've ever smoked, but I just, I struggle. You can't say something's better than 100%. Yeah. Why? You can give 110% of what you do. Mm-hmm. The people do. I've never it. said that. Yeah. It's Sullivan has. <laughs> yes, I, I agree have. 100% <laughs> with Barry, right? Under 10%. <laughs> Made the mistake of saying Does he that say 110%? One time. No. no. No, he doesn't. Great cigar for anybody. The, right? And a lot of people have bought it and, and they've chimed in on, on my Facebook page going, this is unbelievable. This is the best cigar. I've heard no, of manufacturers. Nobody's come back and said, it sucked. So no, it, listen, it's you, validation you, right there. You you wrote a good review. You were not inaccurate with your flavor notes. I, I get a little bit of different stuff in there, but I mean, you, you taste what you taste. You wrote about it. I got no problem with the review. I think that the, the score is artificially high. Is all I'm saying. All right, so let's talk about the elephant in the room. This this three hey, pizzas hey, over hey, there. Hey. Yeah, there's three pizzas <laughs> over there with our name on it. So we're gonna take a break. And when we come back, we got letters in the mailbox, a prize to give away, and lots more. We are live in the Toscano Cigar Soundstage, and you're listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. The following message is brought to you by Drew Estate. Drew Estate, the rebirth of cigars in the new Drew Diplomat app. Join me, Barry Stein, from the Cigar Authority on Drew Diplomat. As you know, I am quite partial to Liga Pavada Number 9 from Drew Estate. So join me for a Liga and share your experience with Drew Estate. And while you're at it, don't forget to check into Two Guys Smoke Shop on the Drew Diplomat app. Drew Diplomat is now available for the iPhone and Android. To learn more about Drew Diplomat, visit DrewDiplomat.com. That's Drew D- 
www.diplomat.com. You must be at least 21 years of age or older and a resident of the United States, including D.C. To be eligible for membership in this program, other terms and conditions apply. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Since 1989, Nestor and Mariana Miranda have subscribed to one family, one vision, with Miami Cigar & Company. Since their inception, the Miranda family has fulfilled their dream by creating some of the best cigars on the market today. Cigars like Nestor Miranda Special Selection, which is produced in Nicaragua, featuring an oily Nicaraguan Havana wrapper that the Cigar Authority named their 2019 Cigar of the Year. And the Don Lino Africa, which celebrates Nestor's love of big game animals. These soft box-pressed cigars feature an authentic Cameroon binder, which creates delicious nuances and crescendos. Miami Cigar invites you to try these brands at your favorite tobacconist. You only have one life. How will you live yours? Experience the rich tradition of the legendary H. Upman brand with the latest addition to their iconic 1844 line. The H. Upman 1844 Añejo uses a rich, well-balanced blend of Nicaraguan, Honduran, and Dominican tobaccos and an extra-aged wrapper that offers a deep aroma with a bold finish. The H. Upman 1844 Añejo is sure to please adult smokers looking for a delicious, handmade, premium smoke that is aged to perfection. Surgeon General warning, tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Jose Dominguez, Jose Dominguez, Jose, Jose, Jose Dominguez. What the hell are you doing? writing a commercial for Jose Dominguez. Well, what you should be doing is talking about how good they are. That Jose Dominguez makes millions of cigars for other people, but saves the best tobaccos and the best blend for his namesake, Jose Dominguez. Not singing a song, if that's what you think you're doing. What I am doing is creating what is known as a donut. Hey, nobody's going to take away your donuts. No, a donut in a commercial is when it starts with a jingle and then the information comes in and then ends with the song again. The information is the filling of the donut. Why does everything you talk about have to center around food and usually donuts? I don't know. Listen, Jose Dominguez cigars come in four great sizes and two wrappers. The mild, buttery, smooth, natural, and the slightly bolder Maduro. And every cigar is about $5. You know as well as I do, Dave, Jose Dominguez is no $5 cigar. It's worth so much more, it's a sensational value. Okay, here's the end of the donut. You ready? Jose Dominguez. Jose Dominguez. Hey, I am the king of the small gauge cigars, Noel Rojas, from Rojas Cigars, and you're listening to the Cigar Authority of the United Podcasts Network. This is like the uh, teachers' union in uh, Western Massachusetts. The uh, co-hosts here are on strike while there's pizza available, and they're just going to town on it. What a surprise. Two fat guys eating pizza. We're trying to do the show. We're not not chewing on air. And... uh, my God, over an hour and 40 minutes, and then uh, 
Then they, they sent, sent an me. extra pizza. But I just heard that they said, uh, well, it wasn't my, the delivery guy said, well, it wasn't my fault. Well, like, I thought it was worth the wait, though. We're 304 South Broadway, and they, so they're across the street. They have to be an odd number, so it would be impossible. You couldn't deliver it to the wrong side of the street. You could deliver it maybe next door, which is also impossible because it's a quarter of a mile away. So we got three pizzas. We got the uh, cheese pizza at 1549. We got the meat lovers at 2349. And we got the buffalo, which is really chicken fingers with buffalo sauce. It's fried chicken. In 1949. It's chicken finger. It's just the finger yeah, where, of the chicken. Where on the chicken is the finger? The finger. It's somewhere there. In, near the breast, I think. Um, Show me on Megan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, Barry, uh, have you tasted all three? Uh, I've tasted two of the three. You've okay. consumed two of the three. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you ate them so fast. I'm, pop- I'm, I'm popping them like aspirin. I'm not sure you tasted that. How about you, Ed Sullivan? Have you had all three? No, I've only had the cheese so far. Really? It's a, it's a Anybody good try all three yet? Ed Sullivan, is not, Ed Sullivan is not going for the buffalo chicken. No. For starters. You should. I'll try it later, but it's a perversion. Yeah, it's, it's fried chicken on a pizza. You can't have that. It's amazingly good. It's amazingly good. Really? It's not, I, not what I would expect. But I'm going to go to the regular cheese guy because that's who I am anyway. But it's amazingly good. Remember we used to get a pizza when you used to eat food down the street, and we used to get the big macaroni and cheese pizza? Oh, yeah. Which was a belly bomb, but amazingly good. S- yes, so solid. Yeah. yeah, but our go-to when you used to eat food was that uh, steak and cheese pizza. Oh, yeah, with, with the relish hots. With the hot That pie. was from this place. Yep. Not on the menu. We would make really? it up. Yep, made it up. So I've now had all three, and I think the buffalo was the best of the three. What? I didn't get that one. Yeah. Amazingly good. I would never order it, but I thought it was the best of the three. I think I would. Speaking of the best. The best pizza, um, and I would say if you ever come around the Boston area, Boston, New England area, you want the best pizza. The best pizza is a place called Santapio's. If you happen to land at Logan Airport, it's right there, right near Logan Airport. As soon as you get out in East Boston, absolutely the best pizza. That's called a Segway block, Ed Sullivan. <laughs> See, I segwayed myself I to try to give him time to finish chewing so he didn't have to listen to it anymore. But he's talking about pizza. But th- th- he's it. just got pizza on his mind. Do you see you have a problem? No. You're addicted. The pizza is here, and I have no lectins. problem now. Followed by Regina Pizza, which is multiple mm-hmm. locations. Uh, used to be just one little place in the north end of Boston, but now multiple locations. Regina Pizza is the second place. In third place, i got to go all the way to my backyard because I don't think I'm as good as Regina Pizza or Santapio's, but I'm better than this. Mm. Yeah, you make a good pie. Although the dough was good. We talked about the dough with aging Eduardo dough. Fernandez. Yeah, it's all about the aging. Well, he didn't mention aging. But he meant aging. He didn't mention it. Me- I didn't it. have his pizza yet either, so uh, that's part of it. But uh, Santapio's number one, Regina number two, my house in third. Uh, this is this is not in the... In the um, plus, I'm a little soured. Yeah, you're soured. I'm soured by... Speaking of the best... Yeah. This best email of the week this week is brought to you oh. by Romeo and Julieta. See how I did that? <laughs> okay. A re-segue so you can stuff your face with those lectins. Uh, this week's prize is a baseball cap, a koozie, a tumbler, 
And I, I have it on good authority that inside one of those three, in, in some people's cases, there is lotion. There is no uh. lotion. But this is the last week of this particular. Next week, we're definitely going to see lotion as one of the things. <clears throat> so our good friend Hasib is back. Mm. Oh, boy. And I'm putting him first because I'm not happy with Hasib. Well, he won a prize. He won a prize, but he didn't have the best email. No, yeah, he got a pity him. prize. Right. And now he wants back in on the contest, okay. and I'm putting him in, but I'm putting him in last place because I'm not happy with him. Subject line through the contact us page of the cigarauthority.com is... Is that what you normally do? They're in order? Like, I know the order. last one is, yeah, yeah, yeah. is the winner. In, but I put him in reverse okay. order okay. of hey, what I think. Dave, can I call your house in order to take out pizza? No. Okay. <laughs> the subject line is, he reminds me of a stripper. Oh. Good morning, gentlemen. A big thank you to Dave for being kind and sending me the prize, even though I didn't win it. I do want to <laughs> win, but as long as Rosie the Red Skeleton is choosing the emails with his horrible sense of humor, it's probably not going to happen. I would like to enhance my wardrobe with cigar stuff. So let me tell you a story about me. I used to run strip clubs in Detroit, wow. and in those clubs, there would always be this one girl, skinny. Skeletor-like. No ass, no chest, barely a personality, and smoked like a chimney. couple of bullet hole scars. This girl would always complain about the thick girls because every man wants a woman with some curves at the very least. She would complain about everything, the food, the lack of money, because she was ugly, and just about every damn thing. That, to me, is who Mr. J reminds me of, a nagging skeleton stripper who complains and nags about everything. Barry and Ed should get hazard pay for having to work in such a <laughs> negative environment. <laughs> Lastly, but certainly not least, I agree with Barry about the survey. I think if you add how close people are to a cigar lounge or a cigar shop, it would change your perspective on the results. Now, Barry's the one who's cock-blocked this guy at least three times. He was the vote that could have put him through, yep. and he didn't put him through. Yep. I've had him as the best email a couple of times, but I didn't like his chess idea. Yeah. On the heels of the cigar draft, so mm-hmm. he's he's butthurt well, about me. And last place, I think over time he's been butthurt about each one of us. So it, the chat room is noting that Dave's interrupting the email less when he has pizza. Yeah, he does that. Yes. All right, Jay Bushy writes through the contact us page. Just for some reason, why Barry wants to in here? I don't. I don't know what Barry's talking about. I was going to reference something about the Lanceros, but I have a feeling this email is going to take care of it. The Dawn speaks. Greetings, gentlemen. Maybe you wanted to be on Ask the Dawn here. Last week, there seems to be lots of there seemed to be lots of Lancero talk, and I noticed I got a few name drops as well. I feel the need is the dawn of the Lancero Mafia to make a statement about these Cigar Authority anniversary cigars. By the way, my Alfonso stayed lit. I ate three slices of pizza. I got up, got the pizza, ate the three slices of pizza, took a draw on the cigar, and it stayed lit. I love that. That's all. Move on. Can I? Yes. Dave loves to go on and on, which we, we just heard, uh, about how Lanceros don't sell and Lanceros smokers don't buy by the box. Hey, so the 11 boxes this week. I think it's time that we as the Lancero Mafia and anyone else who wants to join in prove them wrong. I am personally pledging a minimum one box purchase of the Cigar Authority Lanceros per month until they are gone and invite everyone else to do the same. My only stipulation is that said box be donated to Cigars for Warriors. We did, didn't we have this conversation? Yes, but not on the show. Oh, really? Okay. 
That's why I heard it. Can I continue? I heard this. Okay. This is a win for everyone. Dave cleans up on the Cigar Authority Lanceros, and we show him that we're capable of buying by the box. But you're giving them to somebody else because you don't want them. And our service members get great cigars. That's nice, but... If they don't already listen, hopefully the gift of a Cigar Authority cigar gets them to tune into the podcast from around the world and gives them a feeling of being home, even if it's only for an hour or two. Stay positive. Stay smoky. Jay Bushy. The Don of the Lancero Mafia. And he stepped up. He ordered three boxes on Friday. Really? Shipped to uh, Cigars for Warriors. Wow. So I have it on the side. Uh, he did it. Actually, did he order three boxes or one box? He, he, he ordered one box. Excuse okay. me. Somebody else ordered three. It's still. But he ordered one, so somebody else has to step up, get the order above one ninety nine. so I don't have to pay for shipping this, and it's Cigars for Warriors. So everybody step up, bring the total up, and we'll ship it to Cigars for Warriors. I'll pay for shipping. Mm-hmm. I'll pay for shipping mm-hmm. if somebody does it. I don't care. Yeah, we're at, we're at one box right now, which is 120 Somebody else buys a box. We're over 199 But I feel like now mm-hmm. this is charity, and right. I, don't, I don't need charity. <laughs> well, it's not charity for you. It's charity nah, for our service I, members. I feel like it's charity for me. I, I do. But I feel like they pity... Buying it for pity. You know what the problem is? I think the they're doing it so they have... don't have to hear about it anymore. Yeah. You've <laughs> lost your edge now that you're full. You had a little more edge yes. at the start of I'm the I'm happier. I am happier. Show. Yes. And now you haven't, but okay. I'm not eating, so. Okay, that's why. The following right. message was submitted through the Contact Us page of thecigarauthority.com. This is Tom, who you think is the best. Tom writes, the subject line alone should get him the prize. Nipple clamps. Oh, I'm interested. <laughs> now that I have Barry's attention, <laughs> good afternoon, gentlemen, and Mr. Jonathan. I have to say, more and more, Mr. J gets away from food, the more intense and obscure his flavor notes seem to get. I swear to God, he is reenacting the scene from Dodgeball where Ben Stiller's character is training to avoid unhealthy food with electric nipple clamps. Calm down the descriptions, man. I was catching up on the show this weekend and just listened to the after show about Cigars by Country, and I'm a little disappointed in you, Dave, Mm. for missing an opportunity on this one. You could have come to an agreement on a cigar from each country and created a pack for us to try. You could even break it out by price point and let people with different budgets try them. Just food for thought. Side note, I watched that new kids Ghostbusters movie after you were talking about it, and I didn't have high hopes for it, but it was actually pretty good and paid a lot of homage to the original, signed Tom. Hmm. It was kids or it was women? Same thing. That's the new kids <laughs> Ghostbusters. Wow. Made for kids. The I'm original gonna, Ghostbusters was not made for kids. I'm going to vote first. Okay. It's Jay Bushy because it's supporting our military. The military should always be supported, and therefore Jay's idea gets my vote. All right, Sullivan, go ahead. I don't know. Yeah, I'll take Barry's reasoning. Don't do what you think. I, I don't have a thought in my head. See, now right he's now. all placated because of the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's in a fucking food coma right now. <laughs> I need Except a nap. you. Except you. <laughs> and you're angry because you haven't been angry. I'm thinking of another slice of that um, <laughs> chicken one. Maybe I'm going to have a half a chicken one and a half of cheese. And then after the, the, the fat guy play is you, you get the two halves, no, and no, put it no. together, and you make a sandwich out of it. No, you would have no, no The fat guy is you put two pieces on top of each other, fold them, and eat them Saturday Night Fever style. 
Well, mm-hmm. then it's only uh, one slice. So you don't is. have to worry yeah, about the guilt two, of the calories. <clears throat> um, so Ed Sullivan's in on Jay Bushy. You got Tom and you got Hasib. Either of one of those votes means Jay Bushy wins. Oh, no, I'm sorry. No. If you vote for mine, then it goes to Tom. I'm going to go with Tom. I like the idea of him thinking how I could turn it into the pack. And uh, I should have. You know, he says that he can actually have a job here if he wants because that was actually <laughs> a very positive thing. All right. Ty, and, and I feel like the I feel like the really that curmudgeon. I I feel like people are being charitable to me. I don't need charity. Of you well, literally get, no 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 you literally feel, beg, annoy, no plead, I don't beg anything and I, aggravate everybody every week. I'm just giving about the, the cigar authority Lancero. And the reason, somebody sent a goddamn bell. And because every time you mention it, they want me to ring it. Because and you do, but. I want everybody to know that the Lancero doesn't sell and to stop asking me to buy this Lancero, take the next Lancero on. I want to let the manufacturers know that it's a, it's a bunch of bullshit. We need to get a couch These for people, you. Mm-hmm. They so, don't even buy a box of 12 Lanceros, never mind a box of 50, 100. So you're taking- I bought, I bought the entire production of My Father's Cigars years ago of Lanceros because everybody told me, oh my God, this is going to be unbelievable. He only made 200 boxes or whatever. It took me eight years to sell it. Eight years. They were boxes wow. of 50. I, I, I sold them for less than cost and couldn't sell them. Right. You would still have them if you hadn't blown them out in March Madness. Yeah. They, I mean, it was $99 for a box of 50. They were $2 a piece <laughs> or something. And so you have a problem with manufacturers that make Lanceros. So you make no, the Lanceros so that we, have, we for, have to listen to it. I, I don't have a problem with them because I understand what happens. They got pushed into doing it. Then they try to shove it on me. And I go, no, no, no. I'm not doing it. I told I everybody told what my doing. mother did to me with the, the Halloween candy. What did your mother do to See, you? See, now, if that happened, you, you'd be eating Halloween candy every day because mm-hmm. screw that. I'm going to end up doing it. But it didn't. You don't eat any Halloween candy now. But you picked up. You picked Tom for an idea to sell cigars. Jay Bushy had an idea to sell out a specific cigar. Yeah, but uh, and support it, our military at the same charitable. time. It's charitable. I don't. I don't. I just feel bad of the charity thing. I got. I got to go with Tom. Not. I love Jay. He's good. He's a. He's a super fan. Uh, but so that doesn't mean people can't jump on the Jay bandwagon. Oh, no. You can hit it's, Barry up. That's try right. the box of Lanceros and put but, it with the order for Cigars yeah, for Warriors. But if you're looking on the site now, just do in-store pickup and leave the comment, Cigars for Warriors, and we'll take care of the rest. What I am asking for is if Alabama wins, light up a cigar if Alabama wins. Because on the after show, I'm going to tell you about an article that was written, and they quoted a doctor in there that's saying if you have one cigar a year for – 12 consecutive years because they won 12 years in a row that you're going to explode. Something's going to happen terrible to you. You're going to get cancer and die. It's the most ridiculous article I ever wrote. We're going to rip it apart on the after show this he week. He meant red. red. Yes, he, didn't he didn't write, write it. it. Everything was spelled correctly. I looked at the article. There's no way Dave wrote it. You said it was the most ridiculous article I wrote. Oh, I read. Yes, <laughs> I read. Okay, that's it. Uh, right now, it's time for the Classic Three-Way, and it's brought to you by Classic Cigars. It's time for This Day in Classic History, brought to you by Classic Cigars. 
Classic Cigars are now the most affordable cigar brand in America. Priced as low as $2.99 for the Corona and still under 4 bucks for the 6x60. Classic Cigar has something for everyone. The Classic Connecticut is light and smooth. The Classic Maduro is bold but never overpowering. Classic Cameroon sits somewhere in between with hints of sweetness. And the Classic Cuban is a real knockoff of flavors of old-time Havanas. Classic cigars are sold in cost-saving bundles of 20 and sold in five great sizes. Classic Cigars, the most affordable premium handmade cigar in America. Classic Cigars. Dave, what do you got, one question and 12 tiebreakers? I have three questions and no tiebreakers. What? Three and none. Living on the edge. Here we go. And who's our champion, Mr. Jonathan? I don't think so. I think it's actually Barry. No, it wasn't me. I think it was you. Would all right, you? I'll take it. <clears throat> but Barry will win today. So oh, it's all sports? sports? No. Oh. Uh, question number one, born today. Mr. Jonathan, you're up first. Emeril Lagasse, American celebrity chef, restaurateur, television personality, cookbook author, and National Recipe Award winner with his turkey and hot sausage chili. He was born today, what year? 1947. 47. 45. 45. I had 1954. 54. For the win, it's 59. So that's one for Ed Sullivan. What, just because there's a food question, you thought the fat guy was going to win? <laughs> I thought you'd get it. So it's over to you now. He doesn't know how to cook. He would never watch Emeril Legassi. 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 World's first manned balloon flight happened today. First manned balloon flight. Jean Paris, something French, a teacher from France. Spent <laughs> hey, he didn't spell it. He didn't spell it. We're spent okay. A, spent about four minutes in a air, in the air, in a balloon made of flight pioneer, made by a flight pioneer, something French. Brothers. They were responsible for the first balloon flight. Uh, sending the first living being, uh, which was a duck, huh. on the balloon today. What year? Why would you send a duck? The duck could fly by itself. Because they weren't willing to go on the balloon. So right. it should tell you they were afraid but in those years. You, you to send put a, a cat or a small child. Well, they put a duck. Even at, at this point, it's Barry's turn. That's 1888. 1888. <clears throat> I think it was 1704. 1704. Son of a bitch. It's, I have 1701. You <laughs> really? blocked me. 1701, and he did block you because it goes to Ed Sullivan for two points. 1783. Uh, so Ed Sullivan has two points. We have one question left. Son of a so bitch. So it could end in a tie. It, could, it will end in a tie. Really? Because somebody's getting two? Yes. Huh. Barry will get two on this. Wow. It's over to you, Ed Sullivan. The Mighty Ducks. All right. Wayne Gretzky becomes the all-time leader of points scored in the NHL. I don't even know when he played. <clears throat> there you go. And that's why Barry is doing the work here. Wayne Gretzky becomes the first all-time leading point scorer in the National Hockey League. He posted something about he's all happy that the first ho- hockey game is happening. You're talking Wayne Gretzky, cigar smoker. When he became the all-time leader, he's going to remember this in, in his heyday. He's going to remember it. You're not. I wish I followed soccer. But what do you have? Uh, 1994. 1994. You're saying the year he became the leader? Yes. 
And not you yet. It's Mr. Jonathan. 1981. 1981. 97. 1997? Yeah. 89. Wow. 89. So I got to go to Mr. Jonathan yeah. <laughs> on the win of that. No. He doesn't win the whole thing. Was he the, was he the goalie? No, yeah. he wasn't. Barry, I, I really expected yeah, I can't a clean see it being 1989 because he won his first Stanley Cup in 84 when he was 22 years old. <clears throat> At 22 <clears throat> years old, a hockey player is, may as well be 100. Yeah, right. but you're saying he scored that many points in, in 10 years of his career. That's why he's Wayne Gretzky. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whoa. That's why you're not <clears throat> Wayne Gretzky. Double check on that and tell us next week uh, how that came out. But right now, final thoughts here on the Alfonso Anejo number three. It doesn't happen often to me, but I'm taking the cigar. Still lit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine stayed lit through all that reading. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. The What I really like about this cigar is we're working our balls off to pull flavor notes out of it. For me, it's what you're not tasting because I smoke so many cigars during the day, and there is presence of ammonia. There is presence of nitrates. There is too much nicotine. This is woody. Absolutely perfectly balanced, well-fermented tobacco. That really is what you're tasting. You're not tasting the other bullshit. It's just something you don't have to think about the cigar. Yeah, You can just enjoy the experience. A little bit of vanilla on the finish. I did. I got vanilla in my notes, yeah. Mm. Well, you can read Barry's review on thecigarauthority.com and just um, search Alfonso, and you're going to see a 102-point review. And you can bust his balls or whatever, but what do you do when you reach 100? He put him back himself in a corner as far mm-hmm. as I looked, and he said, this is better than those other three. So, so what do I have do? It. He could have went to 101. Yeah. But it was that much better. Too better. It's too better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's the 11 on the amp, right? The 12. 12? Yeah. Okay. It's a 12. All right. All right, that is it. Uh, we did go a little over, but I thought we were going to go a lot over, so it's not bad. Next week, Fire and Destruction has canceled our sit-down with Henderson Ventura from Adventura and the William Ventura Cigar Company, but that will not keep us down. We're going to light up in celebration of their voyage and their startup again, and they're continuing fighting back. Until then, you've been listening to The Cigar Authority on the United Podcast Network. And it's quite possible that you learned something today, which makes you... The Cigar Authority. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.